4: on your
2: show, so awesome to be here with you and all your listeners,
0: cool, I ain't telling you don't
2: screw, screwing cool. oh my goodness,
0: oh that came out, oh all kinds of
2: freaky, that's not what i mean. Cool. you know we need more shows like this because people need as much relationship help out here as they can get, I was told.
4: Well, I am pro-woman, but I'm not anti cool. I know the value cool. of a good man. Cool.
0: Does
4: that make sense? I like cool. that. I'm going to say that again. Come but...
0: What's going on, man? What up, what up? Cool. Cool. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Cool. Hey.
2: Sun and every single time sure. yeah. Call. 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 Is that it?
3: What's going on people? Alright, I would like to welcome all of you to the Talk The Q Radio show tonight My name is Quincy and this is my show And tonight we are discussing if you can be guilty by association or not the Miss America pageant, and the Facebook's up-and-coming dislike button. But before I get started, let me do a little show maintenance and explain how this show works. This show is a platform for you. The callers, the chat room participants, the social networkers, all of you have the opportunity to voice, chat, or tweet your opinions to me and be heard worldwide and completely uncensored. Because here on T2Q, there are no experts, just opinions. Unlike most shows where you simply just listen to the host talk on and on, I allow you the opportunity to speak your mind. You can join my show legends each episode and discuss a wide range of things like relationships, current events, sports, politics, and more. This show is very informal by design because, let's face it, my style is very unorthodox in nature. The topics are random but they're relevant with what's going on in the world today. The call-in number to step on your soapbox is 347-202-0215, that's 347-202-0215. If you decide to call in and you get the urge to voice your opinion, then after you connect, simply hit one on your dial pad. That lets me know that you're ready to speak and it places you in the host queue. And please mute your phone if you're not speaking at the time, because background noise picks up easily over cell phones and headsets. Now, another way you can contribute to the show is to follow me on Twitter at There There is a live tweet chat that occurs during the show, and you can respond to some of the same questions that I'm asking over the air in most cases. Please search and use hashtag T2Q to read and respond to all show tweets. If you want to learn more about me, the show, or the show legends, then journey on over to talktoq.com. And if you can't listen to the entire show live, then you can find T2Q on iTunes and just pick up where you left off. Maintenance complete. All right, T2Q radio show number 519. Starts right after a word from Truth Devour, Crystal Hickerson, and Great Chats.
5: With graceful, effortless writing, author Truth Devour's Enigma series brings to life the contemporary romantic trilogy, wanton, unrequited, and sated. There are no limits when it comes to a person's search for true love. This story feels more than real and stays with you long after the last page has been read. Wanton, the 2015 winner of the L.A. Book Festival Romance Category, is the first book in the trilogy that will get your heart pumping from the start. This is no ordinary love story. If it feels so good loving the wrong person, imagine how wonderful it's going to be when you love the right one. Do your imagination a favor. Wanton, unrequited, and sated by Truth Devour. Truthdevour.com.
6: The novels of Crystal Hickerson, The Magician, the metaphysical action drama about the fight between good and evil which holds the fate of man in the balance. Street Corners, a tragic romantic crime saga of a man who has the hearts of two very different women in his hands. The choice he makes will hurt them both. Wanted, a ghostly story about a woman caught between the planes of life and death. It is left up to the reader to decide which reality was real. The Volunteer. The struggle of a man with his career and his life teetering on thin ice. Can love truly conquer all? And if you think this is the end for Crystal, you would be wrong. For as you listen to this, a new dynamic tale is on the way. Go to crystalhickerson.com to purchase all of her novels. Follow her on social media and listen to her on the radio at... TheCrystalShow.com Enter the amazing world at CrystalHickerson.com Let's chat,
0: Let's
1: chat. at GreatChats.com It's free to join www.gr8chats.com
0: Join now
3: gr8chats.com All right, my thanks to Truth Devourer and Crystal Hickerson for being official sponsors of the Talk to Q Radio show. And my thanks to Great Chats for sponsoring tonight's show. All right, 347-202-0215 is the number to join tonight's Talk to Q Radio show. And just because you hang with unsavory characters doesn't mean that you are one, or does it? Do birds of a feather actually flock together? Can you be guilty by association? That's um, something that people have been taught throughout history. I mean, if you want to avoid being perceived as a certain type of person, then avoid hanging around those type of people. However, I'm not sure that's, you know, necessarily true. So I'm going to bounce some questions off my show list tonight to determine if it's real or not. So let me go to the phones, to the 850 area code, the Emerald Coast Line of Pensacola, Florida, and welcome on my man, Buck. Buck, what's going
2: on, bro? Nah, Buck, what up, what up? Man, That intro, man. I just get hyped up every time I hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's,
3: it's very hyped, fitting. Man. It's very fitting, man. Really? How's it going down there? Going pretty good, man. A little humid tonight, but that's okay. You
2: know, you know, Pensacola, you know, you got the humidity just like you do back in Jackson, Mississippi, so... Just a little bit more of a breeze, but um little, little bit of a um humidity because of a little bit of a tropical hole. Um, kinda of that to the south southeast of us there, but we were supposed to get some rain but and so didn't get it we got more of the tropical heat off of it than anything else, so but uh nothing nothing to worry about as far as, you know, nothing like they got out there in Utah or anything like right, that. But,
3: right. Right. Yeah. All right man, cool, cool. All right, well let me go to the seven three two area code.
2: The Garden State of New Jersey to bring on the show in Corso. my man Ray. Ray, what's happening, bro? Hey, what's up, Q? I'm not sure who that was talking I think it was Buck, but what's up, man? What's up, Ray? This is Buck. What's
3: up? All right. What's going on? Not
2: much, Ray.
3: All right, thanks. fellas. We'll go ahead and kick things out. Three four seven two zero two zero two one five is the number. Buck, I'll start with you first, man. We'll just start from the um, from the top, you know. Do birds of a feather flock together? Do you hang around people who remind you or share uh, remind you of you or share your mindset? Yeah, I mean, I, I try
2: to. I mean, I try to hang around people. You know, I have a circle of people, and I try to make sure that those circle of people are people that I can trust. You know, just like they can trust me. So I try to make sure that. You know, I hang around those people The ones that, you know, people that are not You know, in that inner circle I don't hang out with those people as much You know, I'm I'm particular about people I'm, you know, I'm open To a lot of things But I'm particular about people that come to my house Spend time in my house, party with me, those type of things Um, I'm real particular when it comes to that So, you know if If I tell you you can come to my house That means you can come to my house If I don't say anything about it Then that means you ain't coming (laughs) that's <laughs> just does it the way it is. But it and it, it really that boils down to what you know, what your life, you know, I, everybody makes their own choices. They can they can do whatever they want on their own time. But you may not want to hang out with certain people because they'd be bringing a different element into your house that you don't bring to your house. Mhm. If that makes sense. So you know, you don't want to have unsavory characters coming to your house, and you decide to do a party one night, and then cops roll up in here, and you got all kinds of shit going on, and you didn't know about. And then you're liable because it's your house, you know. So, and if you hang out with certain people, then sometimes if they're of the bad element, then you tend to kind of lean towards the bad element. I mean, so Burns and Feather Duke flock together.
3: I mean that that's something that I've seen over the years. I mean I'm that forty four years on me, so you know, I've okay. seen pretty much pretty
2: much anything, so that's for right real. Ray, what do you think, man? The birds of a feather flock together? Uh yeah, I would I would say so. And I think that you um know, you know, when you get our age you have to make uh better decisions for who you hang out with because you know, you're older, you're wiser, you're supposed to be able to determine who has your best interest at heart and who doesn't. And um, I think, like what was saying, you got to keep your circle tight because, you know, on the days of Facebook and all this other stuff, young kids don't understand. You only got a few friends in the world. And, you know, like that's why I really admire you guys' friendship because it lasted for so long, you know, without you guys going apart or somebody going to jail and y'all just falling out or whatever the case is. I mean, when you have a true friend, a friend to do anything for you because he looking at you as himself or as a brother, you don't have that in many people. A lot of people like to keep a lot of people around them, but the more people you have around you, the more people you got to watch. So I think that um, you need to keep the circle small, hang around with like-minded people and just be careful who you let into your circle because like Buck says, you know, your friend might be cool, but your friend of a friend, he may not be, you know, and you just have to watch all that stuff. Yeah. You know, as you get older, I think it's easy to, to figure that out, you know. You should be able to count your good, your good friends on your hand. You know what I mean?
3: Right. I agree, man. And uh, something that um, SPKK13 said on um, Twitter, she said, there are levels. My inner circle shares core values, but we are diverse in other ways. There is no growth without challenges. And I think what she says is important. There are certain levels, you know. You may have some people that – like Ray said, are your friends, you know, it may be three, four, five people, something like that. But then you may have associates that you hang out with, and, you know, you're not going to ride or die with them because there's something about them that keeps them from being your friend. You don't have that trust level, you know, so it doesn't necessarily mean that you're like that person just because you may hang out from time to time. However, it's just a certain trust factor that's not there. Um, but your people that you truly call friends are normally going to share some of the same mindset that you do. But, uh, Ray, I'll stick with you, man. Uh, Why do we always assume that people who hang together are just alike?
2: Well, because you you have to like something about that person, and if they're not on the up and up, that says that you like something about what they do. So. You know, whether a person is a hustler or a drug dealer or, or an unsavory character, if you hanging out with them,
3: uh-huh. then that
2: means you must kind of somewhat admire the lifestyle. Or if you're a married guy, you hanging out with a guy that's a player. You uh-huh. have to say, well, I like something about that lifestyle. Right. You know, or a thief, you trying to learn, man, man, he went to the store and got $500 worth of stuff. You know, maybe I could learn something from him while I keep going there. So it says something about you by the company that you keep. Okay, all right. Let me go to the two four eight area code, the Motor City
4: of Detroit, and welcome on show legend Crystal Hickerson. Christmas part on. Thank you. How are you?
3: I'm doing well. And, Crystal, what do you think? Why why do we always assume that people who hang together are just alike, you know?
4: Um, Well, I guess I kind of agree with what the two guys have said, you know, um, regarding especially what Ray just said regarding um, there must be something about them that you like and or admire, otherwise you wouldn't hang around them. But I think sometimes... um, our friends people who you know we consider friends they were friends for a very long time um a, a lot of them we grew up with and um they became my friends and as we grew they changed but we still have a loyalty to them and we w- we still want to be around them um we may know core things about them uh but there may they may have ways that we know we don't agree with, and I wanna take the criminal element out of it because I don't think that just on the on just on the basis of reality, I don't think a lot of us um would necessarily bring danger to our home or or you know or anything to be around people who are clearly criminals, mm-hmm. so I think it's a better conversation if you kind of leave that out of it. That's almost like an obvious thing. Um, but when you are just talking about, <clears throat> you made, uh, I think someone made, I think that was either you or, or Ray made the uh, assumption that let's say you hang around your boy who is a player and you are now married and, you know, happily married or whatever. Um, I think just because your boy is still single and out there doing his thing doesn't mean that you can't be his friends anymore. Although a lot of married couples do, they make that rule for each other's, you know, associates or friends. They say, okay, you can't be around, you know, James anymore because he's still out there doing his thing, and now you're married so you have to stop hanging around him. I think that's ridiculous um, because that kind of says something about you, or your wife or husband or whatever, and their insecurities. Because it's like, well, this is this has been my friend for a very long time. Um, yeah, he is who he is or whatever, but he's still my friend. I'm not going to just drop him just because now I'm married. That's, that's, to me, that's a little ridiculous. But many people do that. So I think in a group of friends, you will have differences. I mean, people will be... You know one person may be very intellectual where another person may be a party or another person may be more uh, Christian or go to the church. I mean that doesn't mean that they can't be friends um so I don't think that you have to be just the alike I know people sometimes people assume that even with you when you're mating when you're um have, in a couple situation people think that well you know there must be. Why are you guys so different? so why are you you know why would you be attracted to him, or why would you be attracted to her? Well, there's something about them yes that um that you you do relate to, and a lot of okay. those things you don't see on the surface so um so I think you can be in a group who are very different on the surface, and that's what that's where friendship comes in. You really do know this person and who they are just because right. they made mistakes or made successes in their life.
3: Okay, all right. I totally get that. Let me go to the nine-one-zero area code, the Tar Heel State of North Carolina. But he's making his way through the Lone Star State of Texas. The man who plays a doctor on the radio, Doctor Bobby Willis. What's happening, good doctor?
2: Thank you. What's up, everybody? Just on Presley Ray, Buck, and whoever else is on. Uh about
3: everybody. Doctor Willis. Can hanging around someone who isn't like you ultimate, ultimately influence either you or that person to adapt the habits of the other?
2: I think it's possible. Uh, it just depends on your mindset. You know, the it depends on the person that's being influenced. Because um, I know, speaking for myself, I mean, I, I hang around people from all walks of life, I'm talking about, thugs you know I'm talking about the academic people I'm talking about rich poor I mean I'm around them all and um, you know I decide which characteristics I want to take on you know and not so much you know let them decide so I think it depends on the person that's been influenced
3: okay and Buck what do you think about that man do you think that um, if you hang around someone long enough you'll you'll adapt to their habits or they'll adapt to yours well, I mean, I I can see
2: some truth to that, but I mean, really, that depends on you as a person. I mean, you may, to me, you make that choice whether you want to adapt to that particular style of personality. Um, you may you may take some things from that particular person, but you may not take all the lifestyle. But depending on what kind of lifestyle is leading, you may not want to lead that kind of life. So. I think, you know, it really comes down to the choices that you make. I mean, you got, I mean, common sense got to prevail somewhere. So that's the way I kind of look at things. I mean, it's all right to hang out with all walks of life because everybody does. You know, there's just certain things that you don't do that that person may do. You know, that doesn't make you a bad person because you're hanging around them. But, you know, just, it all depends on how much that you take in of that particular person. You
3: know that's really what it comes down to. Okay, so Ray, I mean, can can you maintain a friendship with someone who may have some unsavory characteristics, or characteristics, without being assumed that you're the same type of person?
2: I mean, yeah, I mean, but they, but you guys gotta have respect for each other. You know what I mean? If uh, they come to your house or. You know, when you hang out at a sports bar or wherever you want to go hang out at, you know, you just got to have respect for each other. You know, you can't invite me you over your house and you got ten holes in the living room like, yo, this girl here, she come up from such and such. Yo, she's just looking for somebody and all this and that. You already know what it is. So you got to respect that. And, you know, And vice versa. You know, they're not doing something. Like, you know, some people like to smoke weed or whatever. I don't smoke. So, you know, you got to be able to adapt to what the other person is doing. You can always be cool with a person that you grew up with or, you know, a person that you've been friends with a long time. There's nothing wrong with that. But they got to know what you go for and you got to know what they go for. And I think everything can be cool.
3: Okay. And um, now I, I think it's kind of a situation where it can be difficult that people will assume that you're a certain way simply because of who you hang with. And sometimes it's situational. Like, for example, if you're sitting beside a known thug at church, people may not draw too many conclusions. But if you are sitting beside a known thug outside of a Service station, then folks are saying, okay, they're up to no good. So location may play a role in it as well, I mean, for some people. Um, but uh, let's see. Crystal, does having a known thief as a friend mean that you're likely to steal yourself? I mean, if you know you have a friend who has been known to steal, and, you know, they've never stolen from you, but they've been known to steal, then does that mean that, you know their chances are you can wind up being a thief yourself.
4: Um, No. (laughs) Because you are
3: volunteering to hang out with the person, so.
4: Well, you know, I don't hang out with people, okay? I stopped that after college. But, I mean, just because I go to dinner with somebody or I meet them for coffee or something. I mean... Or whatever you're doing. I mean, hell, you probably have more thieves in your goddamn family than you do just by friends or whatever. That's probably true. But it it doesn't mean that you are going to become a thug or a thief or whatever they are or a smoker, as Ray was saying, or whatever, just because they happen to do it. I mean, no, no. Unless you always wanted to do that anyway. See, that's the difference. It it, it comes back to yourself. Um, Just like with someone changing who you are, no one can change who you are, and no one can influence you to be anything. What it is is you always wanted to do that. You just never had an opportunity to do it, good or bad. So, therefore, this person who appears in your life gives you an opportunity, you know, gives you a path so you can do it. or opens the door for you, you know. So for a thief... If you always wanted to be a thief, you think it's cool or whatever to steal as opposed to working for something, then, yeah, hanging around them will make you do that because now I have an opportunity to do it. That's all that means. Um, You know, I've known all kinds of people. A lot of them have been criminals. But I've never known anyone, any criminal, to come up to me or anyone and say, look, we're going to do this, that's the end of it. No. He's like, okay, man, I'll see you later. I got to go take care of something. And everybody knows what that means. But they go because, you know, nobody has time to train you to do anything or to force you. What what the fuck? We don't have time for that. You know, no one's going to do that. now. And if you say, well, hey, I want to come along. You say, really? Do you really want to come along? What the fuck are you doing? You know, you don't want (laughs) to be here doing this. So... If someone is influencing you or, or someone if you start doing something because you're hanging around this person, it's because you always wanted to do it. It has nothing to do with that other person.
2: Okay. I
3: mean, uh I don't know. I, I don't see myself hanging with someone that I know is a thief, but it's mainly it's not necessarily because, you know, I have you know, that he's a thief is also because I don't want to get arrested. You know, you get implicated in things um uh, when you're around people who do unsavory things. Sometimes you get caught up. Uh I mean, Dr. Willis, does hanging with someone who was promiscuous make you a hoe or a dog?
2: Um <laughs> it go back to what Crystal was saying, and I totally agree with her. Um if if you partake, you probably want to do that all along anyway. Um Just about all my friends and family, everybody, you know, I know pretty much drink or smoke. And sometimes when we go out, they try to get me to drink, and I just don't do it. I mean, I I refuse to do either of those. So it just depends on how strong you are and if you really want to do that. Now, as far as promiscuity, um, you know, I was out there for a while, so, I mean, I probably would have, if I was hanging with somebody that was like that, I probably would have been, yeah, uh, part of that that little deal, too, because, I mean, that's what I like to do at, at that time, you know, so... It, it all depends. I mean, is that is this what you like? Is this something that you wanted to do? And now that you have an opportunity and someone who can show you the ropes, are you going to jump at it? And that's what it all boils down to, you know. So, I mean, I, I, you know, just by nature of being with somebody, people are going to draw conclusions no matter what. You know, they're going to talk about you no, no matter what. So if you're worried about what people are saying about you, then, yeah, you might not want to hang out with certain people. But, you know, if you don't care, what people say, and, and if you're strong willed and you got a strong mind, then, I mean, you, you know, you can hang out with whoever you want as long as they're not trying to do that particular thing around you. And if they do, then they should let you know one year ahead of time. So, A, you can make the decision to stay and do it and partake, or you could leave and get out of Dodge. Because, uh, like you said, you know, you can't get arrested for being around somebody if they are you know, in the act of committing whatever it is that they like to do or whatever that vice is. So, it, you know, it. I'll maintain that it depends on your mindset, how strong you are, how strong-willed you are, and if you're uh, worried about, you know, societal norms and and binds, you know, and and, and things like that. Because you know, most people they're they're more concerned about what society thinks of them than they actually do about the actual act itself or sure. that vice itself, you know. So you know, it just depends
3: on those factors. Okay, buck. Same question, man. Is hanging with someone who is promiscuous make you a hoe? <laughs> well, I mean, that I'm a host. You know, I'm a host. I'm sorry. Flashback, Houdini. Well, yeah. The bottom line of
2: it is, if I mean, if you hang out with somebody like that and you end up doing some of those things, that that's a choice that you made because that's something that you always wanted to do. That's the way I look at it. I mean, just because you hang out with them, that doesn't make you know you can't you can't. If you want to place blame on that person, that's fine. But in my opinion, you wanted to do it in the first place. So that's the way I kind of look at it.
3: Okay. All right. I guess it depends on your mindset. I don't think hanging out with someone who is promiscuous makes you a hoe. Uh, I just don't. You know, I mean, yeah, you'll be guilty by association, but, again, that's what we're discussing tonight. Um, I think that you can be a prude and still, just enjoy the company of someone who just happens to sleep around. Um, just uh, it's just a different interest, you know. So, let me go to the A six five area code, the Volunteer State of Tennessee, and bring on Daddy Rich. What's happening, man? What's going on? You,
1: you know, I'm in the middle of catching Jeb and talking about what he's talking about because it, it matters.
2: This is
3: real. <laughs> oh yeah, because he's talking about smoke. <laughs> Go ahead. And uh, Daddy Rich, uh, does I guess let's say there's there's a woman that you're interested in, right? But her best friend is a straight up and well known hoe. Do you enter? Do you not entertain dating that friend simply because, I mean, that woman because her friend is a hoe? Would you assume that she's one too? Well, here's the
1: thing. You might have a good situation. And I'm going to say this. You might say, okay, well, I'm going to mess with this one right here. If the friend is a known hoe, then just yes, the girl might be in the game with her. So you might be able to have a double thing. And you might be able to do your thing and have a good time. So, no, I wouldn't pass up the opportunity because, you know, it's not about, uh, you know, it's not like I'm going to marry this chick. I'm just checking her out, I'm, I'm taking her for a test run. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So I'm looking at it in a positive way. There's a lot of positive in that I see. But there could be negatives if you're looking for somebody to to be with. But at that point when I see that, I know that that's not going to happen. You know, if the friends are ho real bad, she's already trying to give me signals. So, you know, I'm looking at it like this. Okay, cool then. This is how we're going to play this, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to get what I can get out of this and roll.
3: All right, Crystal. Let me throw the question to to you. You checking up, out this Chris? dude? You checking out this dude? And you know, dude, his his best friend is a known hoe. Do you f- take the time to fool with dude, or do you just assume that he may be a hoe too?
4: Hey, Daddy Rich. <laughs> um, first of all, all men are hoes. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, the ones who aren't hoes just don't have an opportunity to be one. That's all, okay? So for whatever reason, maybe his boy is taking up all the, you know, all the girls around him and he just can't get it. Maybe he don't look as good. I don't know. But anyway, no, that wouldn't deter me or I don't think it would deter any woman. (laughs) You know, it really doesn't. I think what deters women, I think, is not the fact that his boy is a hoe. It's usually because his boy is, you know, trying to take him away from her, like um, trying to get him out there, keep him partying, keep him whatever, because he wants his friend, you know, around. That's really what we think about, not that you know he's out, you know, hoeing around too. I mean, no, and because he's a hoe anyway, I mean, he's a guy. That doesn't even
3: make any sense. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow, <laughs> Doctor Willis, what you think, man?
2: Oh man, um, if uh, if the girl that I'm interested in is hanging around with a whore, um, I'm just I'm I'm probably gonna um, check her out before I uh, you know try to get too deep involved. But if I see her out there doing the same thing, then you know, hey, I got my answer. If she's nowhere out there, you know, um, you know, messing around and doing all these other things or whatever, if I don't hear too many rumors about it, then I'm, you know, I'm going to give her a chance to see where it goes. Okay,
3: all right. And Ray, I will give you an opportunity, man.
2: Yeah, well, I would say, um, you got to approach with extreme caution because what a lot of females is not necessarily them. You got to always look in the background, like when somebody tries to set you up with a female. Oh, she's straight. off, she got is one kid, and she got a job. She got her own career. Okay, you got to look in the background. What's her sisters like? What's her friends like? How many brothers she got? Something drop off. Okay, you know what the situation you're dealing with. Okay, is he a thug in the street and all that? Okay background ain't good, now you got to say, okay, let's find out what type of person she is after you talk to her. But I wouldn't get involved seriously, no, if she had a friend that was a hoe because, like I say, if your friend is going to bring dudes around all the time, sooner or later you're going to give in to that temptation because it's always there.
3: Okay, so it's like playing the odds, as far as you're concerned, huh?
2: Oh yeah, always. I mean, because if if you don't, you're gonna end up with something that you don't want. That's why a lot of guys got kids, like girls, that they wish they hadn't to mess with and all that, because they didn't stop and think before they did it. Okay. All right. Three four
3: seven two zero two zero two one five is the number on the Talk to Q Radio show. Uh, We'll take a quick break, and then we'll finish up the topic and move on to the next. Uh, Yeah, we'll do that. Here from um, Knots for Change.
5: Not for Change is a humanitarian and animal welfare organization dedicated to support those in need of help. Located in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, our products are trendy rope bracelets with anchor clasps emblazoned with a tag word the tag word on each bracelet represents a specific cause which will be matched with a charity you see Knots for change's goal is to build relationships with charities worldwide the causes we support are animal welfare education medical research and prevention environment human rights veterans world aid and development mental health and wellness health and fitness and child development you can find us on social media such as instagram Twitter and Facebook by searching Knots for Change. That's K-N-O-T-S, the number four C-H-A-N-G-E. We'll also be launching our website on September the 10th, KnotsforChange.ca. That's K-N-O-T-S-F-O-R-C-H-A-N-G-E dot C A. Hey, this is Lisa Dean from ChillTownTV.com and Lele's Ultimate Date from Hell, and you are listening to the Talk to Q radio show. No experts, just opinions.
3: All right, and we're back. 347-202-0215 is the number to join the Talk to Q radio show tonight. Once you call in, hit one on your dial pad if you wish to chime in. And we're finishing up the discussion about being guilty by association. And last question on the topic and uh let me go back to Buck on this. Buck, will two people who are birds of a feather ultimately conflict with each other because they're pretty much one and the same.
2: Well, I mean, I gotta keep I gotta stay on the same path I've been on all night. I mean it it depends on, you know, the other it really depends on the other person's choices. Um they can be buds or what have you, but I mean it really depends on you know if that's something. Sometimes you hang around people because they like that particular lifestyle and they really you know if they have the opportunity to act upon it. And I think that's what happens sometimes. Um, and it you know depending on that person, they may not be strong enough to you know make it you know be able to resist the temptation of doing something that you know could be illegal in, in some shape or form because the other person has gotten away with it for so long. It doesn't even have to be illegal. It could be something entirely different. But the fact of the matter is they always get away with it, and then, you know, the other person is hanging out with them, they want to do the same thing because, you know, they figure they can do it too. So it really depends on the other person and, you know, if it's something that they want to do or, they, you know, something that they fantasize about, in my opinion. You know, you make that choice. Okay.
3: And, Ray, what do you think, man? Do you think that um, people who are ultimately alike, excuse me, people who are alike will ultimately conflict with each other because they're kind of wanting to say, like, for example, if two guys are both dogish guys, will they ultimately conflict because maybe they'll end up going after the same woman or something like that?
2: Well, I think anytime you're friends anyway, you're going to bump in sooner or later about something. I don't care how tight you are. I don't care if that's your brother or if that's your, your best friend. you going to bump sooner or later about something. It's just how you resolve it and, you know, you got to realize, is your friendship being and what you're arguing about? If it is, then you put everything
3: back together. Okay. And um, Dr. Willis? I think that, uh, that's the question, uh, just like most of these questions are, you know, yes and no. I mean,
2: if you hang with a person, more than likely you probably are similar. Uh, there are, you know, cases where, you know, you have nothing in common at all, but you just like that person's, you know, um, you know, like their ways or, you know, you like what's going on with that person. You probably want to be, you know, part of the in crowd or something. You know, that's how a lot of these little game bangers start off, these little wannabes start off, you know. They don't, you know, they don't want, they don't bang, you know, but they see it, and and, it, and it's interesting to them, so they go start hanging out with these guys, and then these guys bring them into the fold, so, and you get some that you know, never you know go all the way, and then you get the ones that do, so, you know, the, the answer to all, most of these questions is you know yes and no, there's no right or wrong answer, you know, um, yeah, you know, there are people there are people who are uh, influenced, easily influenced, and there are people who aren't, they just like the company.
3: Okay, all right. I think ultimately um, people are going to assume. We all judge in some shape, form, or fashion. And I've had many different types of friends. Uh, now, I've never, I don't think I've been friends with a known thief because I just don't get along with thieves. I just, man, that just bothers me. People just take from other people, especially when you take them from somebody who doesn't have anything. But, um, But when I was married, I knew some guys... I, well, I don't know if I can call them friends, though. They were just guys I would hang out with occasionally. But, you know, they were hoes. They were players, you know. But we could still hang out. They could do their thing, and I wouldn't partake in it. I just sat back and laughed. And, and you know, even maybe even in, encouraged them to holler at a woman or something like that. Maybe it was my way of living vicariously through them. But I didn't participate in anything that they did. Uh, I know guys who... Okay, maybe they don't game bang or sell drugs or anything now, but back when they were younger, they did. And they still have friends who may still be in that lifestyle. So they're kind of like halfway between that life and, you know, corporate life. And I've gotten along with those type of people. And I, I do think that it's possible, but it's just very unlikely for a person to hang with someone they just don't have a majority of things in common with. It's just unlikely, and that's just how it is. Now, as far as what people will assume, there's nothing you can do about that. There's nothing you can do about that, and you probably shouldn't choose your friends um, or your significant others based on what other people think. Uh, Yeah, it may make it a little harder on your life, but that, that shouldn't necessarily steal away from your happiness if it's something that pleases you, but you do have to kind of be mindful of that situation when it comes to maybe things like your career, uh, you know, you can't necessarily expect to be on some type of, uh, you know, regional vice president of your company if the CEO sees you hanging out with a known game banger or something like that. So you do have to be mindful of your company in certain situations, but I don't think it should ultimately deter you from befriending someone that you just happen to enjoy. But all right, I want to move on to a, another topic, and this is something that's been bouncing around social media a lot, and mainly because it is about social media, but it's about Facebook. Facebook is finally going to do something that I feel like they should have done from day one, and they're going to add a dislike button. So on top of having a thumbs up for liking pictures, you get to have a thumbs down for disliking pictures or You know statements or whatever else you wish to dislike. And there are a lot of people who are upset over this. They say that it's going to negatively affect Facebook and make people just negative about everything because now they have to deal with dislikes. I actually think that is awesome, but I want to get your opinions. And so I'll start with you, Buck. What do you think about a dislike button on Facebook? Is that a big deal? Do you think they shouldn't do it? How do you feel?
2: You know what? Sometimes you see some posts on Facebook and you really don't like it. And, you know, you don't have the choice to say you don't like it. I mean, you got to have that choice. Now, I understand that, you know, for a lot of Facebook people that, you know, it's such a positive It's supposedly so fucking positive. But um, I do believe you got to have a choice. I mean, you have to have a choice to just like something. You don't have to. I mean, there's no, there's no way possible for you to like every single solitary post that's on Facebook, if you do something wrong with it, ain't nobody perfect. Hmm. So, you know, bottom line of it is, there's got to be a dislike button because sometimes you just see something... It could be some, you know, somebody post some stupid video about some people fighting over a damn chicken bone or some shit. How the fuck are you supposed to like that? I don't like it. <laughs> so, I mean, because to me that's ignorant. So yeah, you know, but the only choice you got right now is like. So people that don't like certain things, they just don't say anything. They don't post anything or anything like that, or they may say something like, man, you know, this is not necessary. Now you have a choice to say, you know, you will soon have a choice where you can say you don't like it. So, I don't see the problem with it. The ones that have a problem with it are the ones that got too much fucking time on their hands, and they shouldn't be on Facebook that much in the first fucking place.
3: Okay. And what do you think, Daddy Rich? Do you think that um, the Facebook dislike button is a good idea or a bad idea?
1: I think it's good, man. Only the people that don't like it are the ones that aren't really popular, and so they know that this, the shit that they put out there, people are going to dislike. And that's why the those people are saying that, man. And, uh, you know, I think it's a good thing because people put stuff on Facebook that they shouldn't. And they should be talked about. They should be told, don't put that on there, man. You know, it's, it's some things I see on Facebook that's just horrible. You know, you shouldn't even put it on there. Just <laughs> like that dude with the, the, the haircut, the, <laughs> the receding hairline or whatever it was that you had on that day. That shit shouldn't have been on there.
0: <laughs> Yeah, that was funny.
1: <laughs> But it was, though. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. Women putting crazy stuff on there because people are trying to. Do this and that, man. You know, things like that shouldn't be on there, man. You know, so people should dislike it. You should get booed for that, like the gong show, you know. Get it out of here.
3: (laughs) (laughs) All right. And, uh, Crystal, what are your feelings about the dislike button? You know, they have some people that feel like it will cause confusion. Like, for example, you may put a fight video up there of two teenagers fighting And in your caption, your comment, you may say, um, I don't like to see kids fight. But, you know, people don't read, so they might dislike the video because they don't like to see it either. But it's almost like they're disliking what you said about you don't have to see kids fight. I mean, will it cause confusion.
4: Uh, Well, then maybe you should think about what you write on your freaking meme then.
0: Uh, Yeah, no one does that. uh,
4: I agree with with uh, what the guys just said. Um, you know about you should be able to dislike something. I think where the the problem may come in is, let's say most of the pictures, uh, except for the stupid memes that people post, but most of the pictures that are on um, Facebook, a lot of them are of, you know, your family pictures. or you or then you have people who post selfies of themselves every minute, and then all that kind of stuff. Although some of those I wish I could just dislike because I'm like, I totally dislike the fact that you post something every damn day. Um uh, mm-hmm. so I want to be able to dislike that. <clears throat> but, uh, but yeah, but what will happen is you'll post a picture of yourself or whatever, or post a picture of your kid or whatever, and then somebody will dislike it <laughs> just, just for yeah. the hell of it. Or because they don't like you, or because, uh, well, maybe you're not as cute as you think you are. So they, um, so then that will be, you know, where people will start, you know, feeling bad about it, because see, they I already mean, they
0: have
4: Yeah, they already have it on YouTube, yeah, they they this on YouTube where you post stuff and people dislike it, and yeah. you know, when I when I had my video show, I, you know, had a lot of stuff out there, and I got a lot of some sometimes there were dislikes. Sometimes they were like, sometimes people commented. comment <laughs> it. I was like, oh, my God. So, you know, I mean, so you're going to open yourself up to that kind of stuff. And and then a lot of times it's just people, you know, they fight amongst each other. It has not really nothing to do with you. But um, I think it's a good idea overall. But, of course, there's going to be issue. There's already issues on Facebook about different things. People argue with each other about whatever someone posts it. So, I mean, I don't think there's any reason why it shouldn't be. I wish I could dislike something. But what I do is just like what Buck said, I just don't respond at all <clears throat> to anything. I don't respond, you know, because I have nothing to say. Because I only have, you know, there's only one good thing to say, and that is to like it. And I don't want to like it, you know. So I, so I don't say anything. Oh, I don't know. But I think it's a good idea. And it won't happen next year or, you know, soon. But, yeah, they're in the talks. So they have to figure out, I guess, the best way to do it. And and I think just a simple thumbs down is sufficient. You know, you don't have to really put that much thought into it.
3: Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. Dr. Willis, what are your thoughts, man? Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, do you think it's going to hurt people's feelings? It's going to cause people to fall out because someone dislikes a photo of somebody uh, or maybe they're tired of seeing photos of them, so they start disliking all of them. I mean, will it reduce photos, I guess? Let me ask that question.
2: I think that... um I don't think it's going to be the big hoopla everybody's expecting. Uh, for one, you're going to have some people who are going to use it uh, for different reasons than what it's totally meant for. You know, somebody may, you know, come on and say, you know, my my granddad passed away today, you know. So somebody may dislike and say, hey, look, I hate the fact that you're, you know, and explain why they dislike it. You know, I hate the fact that your grandpa died or something, you know. Mm-hmm. So they may start using it this way. You're going to get some that will use it to just dislike everything, but the reason why I don't think it's going to be as big as everybody think it is because here's his thing: we're going to flip it a little bit. Everybody's saying, "Well, you know, the only people that's going to have a problem with it are the ones who, you know, you know this, that, or other." But let's take a look at it from the flip side. If you weren't brave enough to put in the comments how you feel, then what makes you think you're going to probably dislike it? So I don't, I don't think if people that they weren't brave enough to say what they had to say. I don't think those same people are going to be hitting the dislike button anytime soon either. You may get a couple of them, like I said, you know, but for the most part, they're gonna they still gonna skip it because they don't want to hurt feelings. They may do it with somebody who they don't know, they got beef with or they they don't like, but if it's a family member and they're tired of seeing that shit, they're just gonna keep quiet like they've been the whole time. So if you ain't you know if if you don't if you don't have the heart to go on a you know go on a comment or a picture or a post and say hey take this shit down. Then you know, then what they say about you when you're waiting on a damn dislike button, you know. So um, I don't, I don't think it's gonna, I don't think it's gonna um, be this big hoopla that everybody think it is. I think it's gonna be a little bit of it, but it's gonna, it's gonna have so many different uses. It's gonna go so many different ways that, you know, uh, it, it's not gonna be really be a big deal.
3: Okay. And Ray, right, I don't understand why they're treating it like it's something brand new. I mean, YouTube, is, like Crystal mentioned earlier, has had a dislike button for, you know, since it started. And there are other um, social media outlets that probably have a dislike button. Um, so is it really a big deal? I mean, isn't it just going to be used the same way that YouTube may be used? I mean, because haters are going to hate regardless if you give them a button or not. oh.
2: It may be and it may be not. If it was as simple as doing what YouTube is doing, then they probably would just put it on there and it wouldn't be a lot of discussion. They're probably going to have some type of more, a little more excitement to go with it of things you can and you can't do and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So you just got to see what it's going to be. But, you know, I think it's a, a good idea to have a button because anything you post, you must want comments on it. You know, I just don't really get that. You know, you eat the breakfast or something, you take a picture and send it out to people and stuff like that and want comments to see what people are going to say. But, you know, that's what people do, so they should expect to get good reviews and bad reviews. You know, if people out there just want to be different, want to be haters and everything else, so, you know, you can take the finest girl in the world. She's going to get the bums down because somebody's going to be hating out there. So, mm-hmm. you know, booty too big, she's the wrong color or whatever. You know what I mean? So all that stuff is going to come along with it. But, you know, I think it's a good idea because if you post something, you must want people to comment on it. Yeah, that's true. I
3: think all in right. my life. In- my field of work
1: is going to be uh, a hard thing because a lot of people are going to get heartbroken.
3: <laughs> yeah, when it comes to the music industry or any, any type of um, service or the arts or something, yeah, all of a sudden now you have critics, you know. But I think, I do think there there could be some good that comes from it. Of course, you know, it's not going to make everyone happy because there are some people who, you know, will post, Five, ten, fifteen photos a day. Who may think twice about it if they know people are going to dislike it. Um, there are some people who put some things out there that are kind of foul. And uh, like, for example, there was a um, a woman, and I can't think of what movie it was. Oh, Flight Plan, Flight Plan with Denzel Washington. When Flight Plan came out, she saw it the first night, and she put basically the entire ending on Facebook. And it pissed a lot of her friends off who happened to see it because it's like, you know, I understand if it's been a month, two months, and people have had time to see it, but you did this the first night, and you've ruined the movie for anyone who wanted to see it. And that so, just happened with the perfect guy. <laughs> say,
2: say what now? That just happened with the perfect guy, man. Uh, somebody on my page just told the ending of the damn movie. I was, I was pissed.
3: Yeah, yeah. So you have people who will do that, and I think those people deserve dislikes, you know, when you're ruining experiences for other people by giving them enough, you know, an ample amount of time to see it for themselves. Uh, So, I I mean, I think there are times where the button would be very helpful, and I plan on using it, you know. I plan on using it, definitely, just like I do on YouTube. I see something on YouTube and I don't like it. I'm going to give it a dislike because it is not... To hate or anything like that, but if something sucks in my opinion, then you let them know that it sucks, so they can get better. That's how we get better as a society. Somebody got to tell us that we suck, so we can make corrections. All right, but uh, we'll see what happens. I don't know when it's going to launch, but I'm waiting on it. I'm waiting on it, and I'm probably mainly going to use it on all those cowboy haters out there, or whatever. I've been waiting <laughs> to put this like button on y'all. Well,
1: I'm sure you're gonna use it on me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy,
3: I'm just going to have it set uh, automatically, just anytime someone says something about the Cowboys. But um, I know that there was this app that was created that um, actually allowed you to use a dis- dislike button, and that's like three or four years ago. There's some app that you can um, add to Facebook that would allow you to use it. So it's not like it's never been done. But um, I think just implementing it as a regular part of Facebook would definitely make sense to me.
4: Okay. Well, I just like yeah. to say, um, can I say one thing to that though? Okay. The okay. thing about the thing about YouTube, the difference is that when you push like or dislike on YouTube, no one knows who you are. The only time anyone knows who you are is if you actually make a comment. So, um, the difference, and when you like on Facebook, it shows who liked it. So sure. that that'll be. That would be a, a kind of a difference, so you will get to see who disliked it. So maybe those are the things that they're thinking about, because that is a big difference also. And maybe they'll just have it where you can add the dislike if you want, you know, under your picture or whatever, your meme or whatever, your post, and or or choose to add it or choose to not add it. You know, so you, maybe it won't even be an option.
3: hmm Okay. And that's but a yeah, good point. Yeah, you won't be anonymous. You right. You definitely won't be anonymous. And, which uh, well, it doesn't bother me. I mean, like I said, if I don't like something, I just don't like it. But it, it may deter someone who's doing it just to hate. Um, because if someone just, someone just wants to hate, then uh, they may think twice because they know that they may have to face face a judge on that one. You know, face retribution for somebody who wants to come back at them and say, all right, why did you dislike the photo of my little girl going to the prom or something? And, you know, then they have to say, well, your little girl was dressed like a slut or, you know, whatever it is, whatever reason. I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, so I think it's going to make Facebook, you know, kind of interesting. I mean, I I don't see the big deal about it. I mean, uh, like I said, there are other social media sites that do it. And I just don't think it's that big of a deal for Facebook to finally get on board um, on this and give the people what they want. Let us thumb down something that sucks. All those um, sponsored ads that we don't like, I don't know if you'll be able to thumb them down. They probably won't allow you to thumb yeah. down sponsors. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, if you have that option, then thumb it down, you know, and go from there. So, All right. Um, On next Tuesday, September 22nd, the Talk to Q radio show returns to discuss five things that men and women should stop doing. I mean, we all have pet peeves about the opposite sex, and we'll get to vent on those things next Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern on the Talk to Q radio show. No experts, just opinions. Brought to you by TruthDevour.com and CrystalHickerson.com. All right when we do our final thoughts and we'll discuss, you can discuss guilt by association and the dislike button. Um, But I also want to talk about how back in 1984, Vanessa Williams won Miss America. However, after 10 months, she was forced to resign because of new photos that turned up. 32 years later, she appears on the Miss Miss America pageant, and the pageant apologized to her. For forcing her to um, resign. And it kind of came as somewhat of a surprise because a lot of people thought that Vanessa was there to apologize. Uh, but she was a teenager when she took the nude photos, and that was just a bad decision that some teenagers make. So in your final thoughts, give your opinion on if you think that she owed them an apology, did the pageant owe her an apology, or should have just been left alone. All right. And, Buck, I'll start with you. I'm going to say this.
2: I know I'm just going to speak primarily on Vanessa Williams. There's been several famous celebrities that have posed in Playboy and Penthouse and nothing happened. Um, at that particular time, it was unprecedented because she was Miss America who did it. But in others. Act- actresses have done it and gained fame for doing it, like both example. I don't see why it was such a big deal for Vanessa Williams to be, you know, categorized like that. So, she was oh, I thought it
3: was,
2: I thought it was, you know, I thought it was really nice the fact that that the Academy, You mean, the, not the Academy, but the, uh Miss America Pageant apologized. I don't think she needed to apologize. She did enough apologizing back two months after she had, you know, relinquished the throne. I thought she had done all the apologizing she needed to. I think it was appropriate for them to apologize to her because she was young when she did that. And really, I don't think she ever should have been stripped of the crown. You know, if looking back on it, I know at the time everybody was like, yeah, stripping crown, stripping crown. But really, in hindsight, I don't think it ever should have been taken away. I just think that since she was the first black and since it was something that had never happened before at the, up until that point, you know, they just, you know, they thought that, you know, forcing her to relinquish the crown was the best best way of doing that. And I don't think it was handled properly. So... As far as I'm concerned, I still recognize her as a Miss America, despite you know you know posing in a magazine, because there's been too many females before and since her, and that has that has propelled their career. So I'm, I'm glad to see that they did apologize. Other than that, great show, great topics, great feedback,
3: and everybody. Have a good evening. Okay, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. And Daddy Rich, you can give your opinion on Vanessa Williams' uh, guilt by association. Dislike button. Do you think?
1: Man, the Vanessa Williams situation. She didn't owe them nothing. You know, Buck was right. Uh, if you look at today. Kim Kardashian got rich from sex tapes and, you know, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. You know, they'll let that pass. That's funny. You know, Oh, she's having sex with this guy and that guy on tapes, you know, Ray J and all this. And, you know, she's looked, not looked at in, in a bad way. She gets jobs, you know, uh, sponsorships for doing this. And, so I don't believe that Vanessa Williams owed them nothing and she didn't do anything that the rest of them hadn't done. And the ones probably that she was running against had done, they probably did the same thing. And we all know why she was stripped of this. It is what it is. Uh, guilt by association, you know, you just have to watch what you're doing, man. You know, you, you gotta, you gotta watch who you're around and what they're trying to do. Things like that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Keep yourself aware. I always just watch who I got in my circle. So I really don't have to worry about all that type of stuff or whatnot, you know, with uh, women or, or or anything. You know, it's, it's always, I'll keep things smooth. But uh, good show. I came in late, you know. But uh, good show. It's nice to hear
3: everybody. It's,
1: how y'all doing? All
3: right. I appreciate it, man. And Ray, I'll go to you, sir.
2: Um, uh, the Vanessa Williams thing—you know—I was a small kid when this happened, but you know, I remember my dad getting the magazine, and I would sneak up in his room, and <laughs> I actually got to see the pictures. Okay. And um, you know, she was a beautiful woman then; she's a beautiful woman now. But I think what we all got to realize is that to, when the miss U.S.A. pageant, or Miss America, whichever you want to call it, you have to have certain morals to go with it. And I think at that time, which is 31 years ago, that if you were Miss America, you shouldn't be posing nude. I understand she took the pictures before she became Miss America, but the reason why I think this title shouldn't have been stripped is because of they didn't do their research, to find out if she had two pictures of whatever the case was and if it was beforehand, they didn't know about it, they should have let it went. but I do believe that if you are Miss America, you shouldn't be doing things like that Kim Kardashian and you know, her sisters and and uh, Paris Hilton and folks like that, they don't have a, a moral code to follow because they're not based on morality So, you know, I don't know if she should apologize or they should apologize or nobody should apologize. But, you know, I think it it maybe should have been left the way it was, but we shouldn't act like she didn't do nothing wrong because something was done wrong 31 years ago. But um, as far as uh, birds of a feather flock together, I think, you know, everybody should – be careful who they hang around. I understand we can't help but who we grew up with sometimes and as you get older, you're supposed to know better and try to make better decisions. You shouldn't turn your back on a friend but a friend shouldn't put you in a bad position either. So with that being said, you know, it's a great show, great topic and look forward to the Tuesday show. All
3: right. Thanks a lot, sir. And we we'll gonna have some zone coverage afterwards too if you want to hang out. And Crystal,
4: what say you, ma'am? All right. Um. Well, I have to agree uh, with Ray. The um, Miss America pageants, and especially back then, they they did have certain standards, and it was looked upon very differently than they are now. Now they've mm-hmm. they've just gone downhill. Now, I mean, I used to watch them. Um religiously back then <clears throat> because it was you know it was the set of uh, a standard of a standard of beauty but not just beauty it was about their morality their intelligence um, their how their poise and grace and all that kind of stuff that was that meant something back then as far as the pageants was concerned so having someone who had posed nude was it wasn't like today where it was, oh, now it's the norm, you know, or whatever. It was very different. So whether or not they should apologize, you know, I think they should really should have just left it alone. I mean, um, if they wanted to bring her back for, you know, whatever, I mean, everybody know knew what happened. I mean, they can have her back on and make her a judge or whatever. But um, as far as apologizing, I don't see the purpose in apologizing. And if they were going to apologize, well, are they going to give her the prize money (laughs) that, you know, the person won? Um, And maybe even are they going to give her, I mean, her career went very well. I mean, you know, she did very well. She was a uh, very good singer. Um, She's, you know, a good actress. And she's very beautiful. So her career continued. Just fine. But um, maybe it would have gotten better. Who knows? So are they going to give her damages <laughs> for that? I mean, if you're going to apologize, I mean, you need to go all the way. So I just don't think any there was any uh, purpose in doing it. Not now. I really don't. Um, because it doesn't mean anything now. It, you know, maybe if it was done five years afterwards or something, maybe that would have meant something because you're still in that era. But now it doesn't really mean anything uh, because – Many people have, um, if there wasn't anything to forgive, they've already forgiven her or whatever. Her career has already proven that. So it's like yeah, no, one, no one really cares um, on that level. But, yeah, back then the patents were a different thing or meant different things to people than it does now. Now I don't even watch anymore because it's so stupid and ridiculous now. But back then it did mean a lot. So, yeah, she should have been stripped of her crown. At that point, so. Okay. But anyway, good show, and um, I hope to tune in next week.
3: Thank you very much, ma'am Doctor Willis, shut mm-hmm. it down for me, bro. Um, as far as Vanessa
2: Williams apologizing and all that, you know, um, that was I was young too at the time frame, so I you know I don't know all the, the specifics and the details. I just know that she got stripped of it. Uh, so just going off pure primal instinct and male, you know, basic male, you know, whatever. I think she shouldn't have, you know, gotten hit with anything because, you know, I like looking at naked women. Oh, well. So,
3: that that's that, that, <laughs> A little biased.
2: And, yeah, I got to be honest. So, you know, hey, but I, I do understand what Chris and saying, and they are exactly right. But, you know, I like looking at naked women. So I'm biased. I'm going to say, no, she shouldn't have, you know, got, got her uh, crown taken. But, um, as far as the other topics, uh, I believe you're guilty by association if you are partaking in that vice. However, because we live in the type of world that we live in, you are guilty by association regardless because perception is everything. You know, reality has nothing to do with anything nowadays. Perception is everything. So if they perceive you to be that, then that's what you are, whether you are or not. And if it's if, if that perception is to someone who matters, then you can call it the day, you know. So, so you know, like you said earlier, you you have to be mindful of who you hang with, when you hang with them, and where you hang with them at. So, because perception is everything. And um, and as far as that dislike button, I think it's gonna be a uh, uh, it's gonna be funny and comical for uh, for a few weeks, and then uh, I think it's gonna die down. I think uh, people are gonna use it spitefully. And then you're gonna use, and you, then some people are gonna create new uses for it. Like I said, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna use it for, you know, to to say, hey, look, you know, I understand where you're coming from, and I dislike your situation, not so much your comment or your post, but I dislike <laughs> your situation. So I think it's gonna have it's gonna have new uses as well, and um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know if um, if it matters either way because I mean. I'm the type of person if, if I don't like something or if I got an issue with something, I'm just gonna give you a comment on your post. And we can have a debate or a discussion or whatever you wanna call it, you know, after that. But um, for the ones who are waiting on the like button just to like stuff, then you know, hey, kudos, you know, and then have fun with that. But I don't I don't think it's gonna I don't think it's gonna uh be any different. I think they'll they'll be quick to dislike something from somebody that they have no connection to but they're still, going to be the, they're still going to exhibit the same behavior for those who they do know. So, you know, they, without trying to hurt their feelings, they're just going to ignore the, the comment or the post. So I see that I see that that, that taking place. Yeah, uh, other than you, you know, I want to say, uh, you know, it was good to hear everybody's voice. I've been out gone for a couple of weeks, but, you know, I'm in school now and doing my thing, so
6: I'm going to try to uh,
2: make it be- Get out here and uh, get on and top it up with y'all, though, because I do do enjoy the show. So, you know, for everybody have a good night, and, uh, you know, thanks for having me on again, as always.
3: Thank you, sir. I appreciate you contributing. And all right, and Crystal, I actually want you to hang on for zone coverage for the first question, if nothing else. Um, You may be able to stomach it, not being a sports fan, but just a question. But uh, my thanks to TruthDevour.com, CrystalHickerson.com for being official sponsors of the Talk to Q radio show. My thanks to GreatChats.com, that's G-R-8 Chats, and Knots for Change. Uh, thanks to the show legends and callers and tweet chatters for participating on tonight's show. The upcoming show schedule can be found at com. If you want to hear previous shows, then subscribe to me on iTunes or the Good, Net, the Good Radio Network. And get caught up. Everyone, have a good night. Hang on for some zone coverage. We got to talk some sports. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? Huh. We got something to
2: move
0: tonight, and we saw the whole local thing go. Hell stay move. We're not out. Let's go. Great. Go play intramurals, brother.
2: But they are who we thought they were. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. You play to win.
1: Do you have any questions? I got a question. You got an excuse tonight, Roy?
5: You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game.
2: Be a dog. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cows. We need more dogs. But we talking about practice, man. What are we talking about? Practice?
3: coverage on T2Q, where we discuss sports, mainly the NFL, sideline to sideline, end zone to end zone. You know how we get down. All right, and this first question, I just want to go ahead and throw out, um, James Harden. James Harden plays with the Houston Rockets. He's the guy with the ferocious beard, and he signed a $200 million deal, if I heard correctly, with Adidas, okay? Okay. Now, I think that deal is not actually official until October 1st, so let me throw that out there. However, TMZ was um, sporting some photos of him wearing some Nike Air Jordans. And a lot of people are upset over it, saying that even though you haven't officially started your Adidas deal, why are you being seen out wearing Nikes? And, Chris, I want to ask you, is this a big deal or is it much of nothing?
4: Well, um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I'd say it, it was—it's kind of a, sort of a big deal. I mean, just thinking advertising-wise, if I am going to give you two hundred million dollars, you know, for to wear my product and to support my product or whatever, then damn, you can at least wear the shit. I mean, yeah, it's a good deal, okay?
3: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. okay. <laughs> Right, one day never I mean, I'm first I mean, person. <laughs> I'm good. And if you
4: wear it around, if you can wear your Nike, you can wear your whatever, I mean, but, I mean, when you go out to major places where you know you're going to be seen, then, damn, put on the Adidas. I mean, come on, you should have Adidas anyway. Adidas is better. But, you know, I mean, I just, yeah, I think it is kind of a big deal. It's 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 not going to stop anything, but it would make if me on the Adidas side go, Damn. Take my money
3: back. I don't
4: know. Maybe, maybe we should give somebody else. You know? And I hate his beard anyway. Ugh. 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 <laughs> he think, was of the so with, think of
3: the home for the birds. <laughs> the birds need a home. Whatever. But I mean, but anyway, I would a, like
4: to I would like to make this statement. First of all, I do like sports. I am a sports person. I just don't have all the statistics, and I don't know everybody on the damn team. And so I don't have nothing to contribute to zone coverage because of that. But I love sports, I love football, I love boxing, and I watch tennis. Okay? So okay.
3: Well, put that out you're contributing tonight. You're contributing
4: tonight, Crystal. Well, I contributed so, to that question. Well, I, let me, I let I let me to ask you,
3: though, if, if you're the person running the um, ad campaigns for Adidas, do you pull your contract? now that this is a national sports
4: store? Well, I probably can't at this point. I mean, there are legalities. I mean, if you could. Um, if I could, hell yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, just on GP.
0: But um, but no, <laughs> you,
4: you can't do that. So, you know, I would just, I'd give him a call, <laughs> you know. I'd give the okay. agent a call and say, what the fuck is he doing? I mean, hello. <laughs> um $200 million. I mean, you can afford just to wear your Nikes around the damn house. Okay, how about that?
3: Okay. I right, mean,
4: I'm just saying. That's. I mean, I would definitely make a phone call. Yeah.
3: All right. Ray, what do you think, man?
2: Um, I mean, it, it, all, it all depends on what's written in the contract. But if I were a dealer and a guy did that, I would let him know ahead of time that he is not allowed to do that. And if he did do it, I would smash my contract off the table before it even gets on the table. That's how fast it will come off the table because they pay you $200 million for 10 years or 12 or however many years the contract that is. I mean, that's supposed to be understood. It's just like somebody you make the best shoes. We just face that. When well, somebody come to me and say, okay, well, I'm going to give you a half a million dollars not to wear Nikes Nike for 10 years. i got to take the money and don't put on Nikes, Nike. It's as simple as that. But he didn't do that. And to me, that's disrespect to the company. That's only saying, well, I'm only going to wear them because you guys paid me and all this and that. And that's the type of deal that these athletes are working with nowadays. I'm all for guys getting paid, but you got to have some integrity to come with that money as well. You know, you can't put on a rival shoe and think that it's okay for you to do that. And you are under contract with another company, or you are negotiating to be under contract with another company. To me, that's foul. I would keep the deal off the table. Now you got to crawl back to Nike or somebody, and go to Under Armour, but you wouldn't be with us. Okay. All
3: right. I know it was me. As uh, soon as they told me I was going to be the official spokesperson and uh, gave me my effective date. I don't care if it was in the future. You best believe I would have been donating my Nike to somebody, to some boys' club. Uh, Buck, what you think, man? $200 million on the table, effective October 1st. But, you know, until October 1st, you're not officially an Adidas guy, but it's been announced that you are going to be the Adidas guy. Do you bust out of some Jordans? Bottom line of it is, I think the Adidas is owned by Nike anyway. And I don't furthermore, Nike.
2: So. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't say for sure. I, I thought that Nike. I know Nike bought out not uh, Converse many years ago. But I thought sure that they bought out the Adidas as well. I'm not sure, but anyway. Uh, bottom line of it is this: When was the last time Adidas made some comfortable ass shoes in the first fucking place? But but anyway, you know, is, uh, they ain't never been comfortable for me. I wear a 13 and a half, and not do, to me, to me, I so got a and a but, you know, bottom line, I mean, he can wear what he wants to wear, but, you know, you better, you better take in consideration who's paying him. And, you know, that's something that you got to think about when you work out in some shoes. If he wear any other shoes, Oh, it better be dress shoes and not Nikes or Reeboks or Unarm or anybody else. So you know, if he's breaking out another pair of shoes, then that manufacturer needs to go and ask him why you wearing other shoes. And if he, you know, since he's the spokesperson, maybe he can give him some pointers on making some better damn shoes. And then maybe he'll be breaking out on those. I mean, that's what two hundred. I mean, you got a spokesperson, you paid him two hundred thousand dollars, then you might want to take some damn pointers on how to make some shoes that's comfortable and worth playing in instead of just, you know, walking around in. So, I mean, there's, there's different ways you can look at it. That's the way I look at it. You know, if, I, if I'm, if i you know, a spokesperson or something, then, you know, I don't see the likes and dislikes of that particular product because if I'm going to put my name on it, the damn show better be, you know, comfortable or whatever the product may be. It better be suitable for me in my lifestyle. So, but you know the sponsors do have a right to call. On. Hey, you don't need to be breaking out in no Nike's. You need to be breaking out now. You know, outwear wear. Why are you wearing something else? And if you don't want to wear our stuff, then you know we can. You know we can cut this contract out. So,
3: it, different ways to look at it, but that's kind of where I look at it. So. Um, okay. I mean, um, shoot, I'm wearing like. I get that contract, I'm wearing Adidas dress shoes, I'm wearing Adidas house shoes, Uh, Adidas flip-flops. I mean, anything they make, you best believe I'm going to be willing to put it on for 200 mil. You best believe that. Daddy Rich, what's up, man? You have a different opinion?
1: Oh, man, repeat it, man. I was in the conversation. (laughs) Uh, Repeat it.
3: I mean, if you... James James Harden signed a deal with Adidas for $200 million, but he got caught wearing Nikes. You know, now his contract doesn't officially start until October 1st, but, I mean, is he wrong for still wearing Nikes?
1: Man, if they're paying you to do it, you've got to do what the contract says. You know, I mean, even though you're right, it doesn't start until October 1st officially, so there's really no legality if you really go try to look at it legally. But to honor what he's doing and the respect to the situation, he probably should have not had the shoes on. I saw that a little clip of that on Sports Center or some on TV. Uh, now I'm reminded about that. But uh, you know, I think you know these guys are paid all this money, and the amount of money he probably got for that, he probably should have had the Adidas on or you know something, man, of the sort if he was going to wear some tennis shoes it i mean what is what is it going to what is it going to take it's nothing just to put the shoes on and find the ones that match the outfit that you got man you know you're getting paid millions of dollars to do it just do it that's what i feel the money is the key you don't never mess your money up that's daddy rich that's why i'm daddy rich
0: <laughs> okay
3: and, um, Dr. Willis, I'll let you have the last word. Then, on top of it, uh, not only is the man making a bad decision with the shoes, he's also hanging out with Khloe Kardashian, man. I'm like, oh, Lord. Here goes another basketball player that's going down to a Kardashian.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, I think that, um, I think that, um uh, Adidas got a decision to make, and they got two weeks to do it, you know. Uh, Let's say if if the contract was valid right now, you know every every contract, especially with these uh, sports agencies, these uh, these these uh, sportswear companies and things like that, every single one of them always build in a clause to protect their company and their image. And if there was a legal contract right now, they can have him by the nut. Because I mean, just imagine it's bigger than uh, I it's, it's, it's even bigger than what we think it is because. Just imagine Nike running their head, talking about how you know uh, uh, how stupid Adidas is paying somebody you know, 200 million dollars when they're still wearing their shoe. You know, what I'm saying that that could be a huge uh, uh, embarrassment for Adidas, and uh, and uh, and also uh, a boost in profit for um, Nike. So he would be stuck if, if that contract was out today. So if if uh, if I was somebody at that company. You know, we'd be making a decision uh, decision right now. Hey, what are we going to do? We need to know right now. Let's not wait till the first, you know, are we going to snatch this thing up or are we just going to give him a warning and let him know, hey, look, we're paying you this much, you know, and and, and that's what they got to decide. Okay. Let me me add to that, too. I mean, uh, he was offered $200 million, and Nike decided not to match that offer. Now, this is what he should have done. He should have took whatever night he had on the table, which I'm sure may have been 150000000 a hundred and seventy, or whatever it is, and took the offer because now I can wear all the Nikes that I want to wear and be free to do so. But you're trying to squeeze every dollar, squeeze every dollar. You shouldn't do that. You're already rich. So... To me, in my opinion, you should go with the best deal that works for you. You might get more exposure with Nike or you know, whatever the case may be. But he decided to go with Adidas. So for the next 10 years or so, he should have nothing but Adidas on his feet. If he doesn't, they shouldn't do the deal.
3: Exactly. Okay. All right. Well, um, we'll see what happens. I doubt Nike. Uh, Nike. Nike. Um, I doubt that Adidas will do anything, Um, you know, they're just happy to have a high-profile athlete who is coming over from Nike, so they'll probably be, you know, okay with that and not even be concerned about, you know, they'll just try to let it go, sweep it under the rug, so to speak, but uh, just me personally, I mean, the man can wear what he wants to wear, I mean, like I said, he's He's going out with a Kardashian, so obviously he makes bad decisions. But no, I'm just kidding. Uh, that's his prerogative. But I mean, uh, I mean, as far as the shoe is concerned, I just once they announce me as the spokesperson, I'm an Adidas guy. That's just I'm not going to wait till October first. I mean, for what? At that point, why you know why are you playing semantics with a two hundred million dollar contract? You know, I, I'm going to because the, first of all, I don't think nobody deserves no two hundred million dollars from those shoes, but. If you're going to do it, not name Michael Jordan. Well, yeah, maybe he's different because he kind of started it off. But um, if you're going to do it, then I don't see why you don't give the people their money's worth and basically get Adidas wallpaper in your house and just, you know, Adidas wrap your car, whatever it takes to show that you're on board. I just think wearing a shoe is something simple. And someone with the resources of James Harden could have had shoes. I'm pretty sure when he signed his contract, Adidas sent him home with, you know, 25 different pairs of shoes. So it's not like he had to really find, he he can't say that, oh, well, I didn't have anything to match my outfit. Uh, Which the outfit he was wearing looked like a dress. It It was a hoodie that came down to his knees that looks like a dress. But um, I want to get into that, that thing right there As far as these guys being so feminine these days But uh, I just think that it wasn't a big deal He could have done that I mean, if you like the Jordans, then stay with Nike You know, they don't want to give you $200 million, But if you like the shoes, stay with them But if you're going to take the money Then at least play the part That's just how I feel about it But alright, Crystal, if you want to drop off I appreciate you chiming in on that sister but if you want to hang out and talk a little uh football with us, you, then you're more than welcome to do that too.
4: Yeah, okay, thank you. Goodbye.
3: <laughs> Good night, Chris. <girl. laughs> All right, quick boxing then we're gonna football. Uh it's been announced that uh Timothy Bradley, thirty two one and one with twelve knockouts, is going to fight Brandon Rios, thirty three two and one with twenty four knockouts. I believe it was November the ninth. I know it was November. Uh, maybe November the seventh, but that fight has been announced. So I mean, it sounds like it'd be pretty interesting. Anybody know anything about Brandon Rios? I remember when he fought um, Pacquiao, but other than that, I've never really seen him. But I know him my name.
2: Yeah, yeah, he's he's a good fighter. It should be an interesting fight. It should be a brawl. You know, and you know Timothy Bradley, he always comes to fight. So yeah, you know it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a good fight. It's definitely worth seeing.
3: Okay. Yeah, I'm going to check it out, see what it's all about. Um, you know, I don't know if they're going to charge for the fight or not, but I'll try to find somewhere to watch it if they do. And, you know, Timothy Brown has really earned my respect as a fighter, so um, I definitely want to see him. All right, we'll get into some games on Sunday, starting with the 0-1 Seahawks travel to Lambeau Field to face the 1-0 and Packers. This is a night game, uh, Sunday night, and it's going to be at Lambeau. The weather's going to be good, so that's not an issue. Uh, Danny Rich, you, you got the Seahawks coming off that three-point loss in overtime to the Rams. Uh, you know, Marshawn Lynch didn't have a horrible game. It was 18 carries, 73 yards, but it wasn't a Marshawn Lynch type of game. Is it key for them to get Marshawn Lynch going and try to control the clock to keep Aaron Rodgers off the field? Or do you think they can win a shootout against the Packers? Um, hold
4: on just a second. He ran in the house real fast. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> now,
3: this is the first. He's up That's here tracking first. up.
4: Here, here he is.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: this man had a,
3: had a, a place a placeholder for his call. That is the first <laughs> time this happened on the Talk to Q radio show. I'm Daddy Rich, oh, and, baby. Daddy <laughs> Rich. Can the Seahawks win a shootout with the Packers, or do they, do they need Marshawn Lynch to grind that ball out and try to keep Aaron Rodgers off the field?
1: They need Lynch. They really need Lynch. So they can grind out because you're right. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has to stay off that field. You put him on the field, man, and he's gonna uh, he's, he's gonna he's gonna shoot him out. So they really need Lynch, but they've got some good guys. Do they still have Turbin? I, I know they have uh, Fred Jackson now, but do they have Turbin? Ooh, that hurts because Turbin was a good bruiser. He's a good back to use for. You know, yardage to to wear down a defense. I, you know, um, Fred Jackson is
3: old. So yeah, he's he's up there. I mean, they have. Um, I mean, you know, Fred Jackson got got some carries last week. They have a guy named uh, Derek Coleman, uh, Thomas Rawls out of Central Michigan. I think got two or three carries last week, but uh, now they don't really have that consistent thumper. Yeah, Turbin
1: was a good guy, and I think they're they're in trouble this year. I think they're gonna have to, he's gonna have to rely more on the, uh, the tight end Graham in that game, and you know to kind of grind it out a little bit. They're gonna have to use him a lot. I think that'll be a key to that game to keep Rodgers off the field. Little little drops, five, six, seven yards for the tight end. I think that'll help him a lot. Maybe use Fred Jackson as a, a receiver a little bit. That might help him because the wear and tear on Fred Jackson and whoever these other guys are is, is going to be vital. You know, they're going to have to really watch his carries and, and him wrapping him up.
3: Okay. And as far as what the um, Packers need to do, uh, Dr. Willis, I mean, what's the key to success for them getting this victory over the Seahawks?
2: The uh, Packers? Probably just defense. I mean, the offense is going to always, you know, be uh, be productive. So, you know, defense just need to, you know, do what they do and and get better. You know? I mean, as far as, I mean, for, from what, what I've been seeing, you know. I don't think okay. they're going to have a problem offensive-wise.
3: I think um, it's going to be a pretty good game. I definitely look forward to it. And um, any keys to the game you want to mention, Ray?
2: Uh, I think Seattle's got to play their game and, you know, play solid defense. I mean, they don't have Jordy Nelson, so that's a big uh, minus for Green Bay and keep putting pressure on the quarterback. I mean, anytime you go to the Super Bowl, you have a very difficult schedule starting out. And going to Lambeau Field is not going to be an easy task, but, you know, they can do it. They've done it before. And, you know, even if they do start 0-2, there's going to be a lot of people talking, but at the same time, they played two very difficult teams. And, you know, it ain't no time to panic or nothing like that. I still wouldn't give Cam Spencer's money because they played two difficult teams. But I think they going to circle the wagon like they always do, and they're going to be fine.
3: Okay. Well, Buck, we'll move on to talk about your Steelers going up against the 49ers. You'll be hosting them um, at Heinz Field at 1 o'clock Eastern on Sunday. Chance of thunderstorm at that game. The Steelers are a minus six and a half, by the way. Um you all haven't played since two thousand and eleven when they beat the sleeves off of you all twenty to three. So it's been a minute. You don't get to play them very often. But they're coming off of a twenty to three victory over the Vikings where the Steel the forty nine ers looked a lot impressive, uh more impressive than what everyone thought. What is your key to stopping Carlos Hyde?
2: Oh,
3: well, you know, the defense
2: has got a the defense has gotta um we gotta stop the run. Um Anquan Bolton you know, Davis, and we got to stop Kaepernick. I mean, just because Hive runs doesn't mean that Kaepernick's not
3: going to run. So we made just some significant
2: changes in the secondary as well, um, you know, changing some people around on the depth chart, which, which I spoke about on yesterday. Um, now it's just a matter of the, you know, the young linebackers teeing off. You know, we need Jarvis Jones. We need uh, Alvin Dupree to put pressure on on the quarterback defensive line's got to get that push. we got to control the line of scrimmage. And if we control the line of scrimmage, we can win the game. I'm not worried about it from an offensive standpoint. I'm only worried about defense. And if the defense can step up, you know, and get them out on, you know, three, you know, three and out, you got to get them out on third, you know, get them off the field on third down. Um, that, you know, that's a key element of winning a football game. You can have all the offense you want, but if you can't get them off the field, you know, and they're driving down the field, you know, those are things we got to do. So got to be able to start to run, you know, bump and run coverage for the, you know, for the DBs to make sure, you know, keep the guys off balance. So you're kind of putting the ball in Ka- Kaepernick's hands, to try to force them to pass. And if you do those types of things, and you know, we have to also score touchdowns instead of field goals, and we can't miss field goals when we have the opportunity. And, you know, try to create some turnovers. All of these things are crucial. So we need to win in all three phases of the game.
3: So, hopefully, this week we can write the ship and get it done. Okay. And, um, Bobby Willis, you, you saw the, uh, Steelers firsthand last week when your, your Patriots played them. Um, and their mm-hmm. passing defense look a little suspect. Do you think that Kaepernick is good enough to take advantage of the Steelers' weak pass defense? Uh,
2: it, if the 49ers, um, you yeah, know, I'm not a big fan of the Forty ers I, I think, I think if, um, if that defense come out there uh, for the Steelers the way it did against us, then I think yeah, they may have a shot at them. Um, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't too impressed with the uh, steel curtains.
3: <laughs> okay, all right, all right. We'll move on and discuss. Oh, Daddy Rich, I know you're into the Steelers too, man. If if you're there, um, did you want to give a comment? <laughs> man,
1: I'm going to tell you, this: the Kaepernick situation, it, it presents a problem because he is erratic, and you don't never know. He might run this way and see somebody this way and just decide to throw it. And the Steelers are known right now with the, the defensive backs to just being just clueless to shit. And it's, I mean, it's like, I, I, boy, you just want to just grab him and say, man, can you not see this coming? You've been doing this forever. But uh, he this this is a problem, man, I see, because he's sporadic, and our defensive line is not getting the pressure needed to make this guy rush things and, and be stupid back there and, and just take off. So, you know, and then when he does take off, do we have the guys with ears? He's fast enough to hunt him down and knock him around, but, You know the rest of them. Who knows? They're young, but we'll see. We'll see.
3: Okay. All right. And um, let's see. Sunday at four p.m. Eastern. Dallas travels to Philly. Dallas is one and zero. Philly's zero and one. Lincoln Financial Field. Eighty-one degrees. Chance of a thunderstorm. The Steelers. Excuse me. The Eagles are minus three. Now the last time they played, Dallas won um thirty-eight to twenty-seven in Philly last December. Uh but we have some different circumstances here. We're doing it without DeMarco Murray, who plays for the Eagles, and doing it without Dez Bryant, who is injured. Uh so I I'm looking at this. I honestly feel like that this is the Eagles game, the Eagles game to win at home. Um uh, And they really need to take advantage of it because if they don't, they're going to be 0-2. They're going to be in a lot of trouble. They're going to be murmurs about the coach. But um, I think from a Dallas perspective, the only way Dallas can win this game is to be able to run the ball. Uh, That means Joseph Randle, who has 16 carries for 65 yards on uh, Sunday, is going to have to be ready to carry this ball 25 times and average about close to five yards a carry to keep the Eagles' offense off the field because they have a high-powered offense, they're capable of scoring points in bunches, and their defense looks a lot better. So the Cowboys can't afford the mistakes they had Sunday. If they turn over the ball uh, this Sunday like they did last week, then the Eagles will win this game easily. But uh, anyone who want to share some keys to victory for the Eagles to win this game?
2: Not
3: all
0: at once.
2: Yeah. Well, was <laughs> hey, going the, the The Eagles, they, they basically got to get off to a fast start, and they got to run the offense. Not waiting for the second half and trying to make a comeback for the second year in a row, and you know, and yeah, I know it's two halves to a game, but you have to play a game all four quarters if you expect to win. I believe the Cowboys. Are still want to bring the A-game on uh, Sunday, even without Dez right? They may even do better without him because it's a little less background noise. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I have to just concentrate and, and really play because a lot of people are not that rah-rah in your face type of guy. they rather you just shut your mouth and play ball. And, you know, I understand where Dez is coming from. But if you got a guy like Mariota or something, he don't want you how you're streaming his face because he doesn't come from that element. And you know, I think that everybody's gonna be able to do their job and I think they're gonna come out and they're gonna play somebody. So, you know, NFC East game, so it's gonna be a big
3: watch game, so I wanna see it. Yeah, it's definitely a must see T V. And I'm going to try to make sure I have a good spot in the sports bar on Sunday with some friends and, and check it out um, and see exactly what Dallas can do. Well, they're going to have to be creative, and they're definitely going to have to be creative on defense to try to find a way to slow down Philly's offense. DeMarco Murray is going to be m- motivated, but um, if they get him out of that game with less than 50 yards or a turnover or something like that, then, um, you know, that will bring a smile to Jerry Jones' face. All right, Ray, your Raiders will be hosting the your 0-1 Raiders will be hosting the 0-1 Ravens. And neither one of you really needs to go 0-2, but unfortunately someone has to do it. This will be at the O.co coliseum 4 p.m. Eastern. Um, so y'all get a, a late game, which is, you know, pretty good. It shows that uh, people think there's some interest in this game. Um, I don't see a line on the game. The last time you all played, Baltimore won 55-20 to back in 2012. And uh, the keys to victory, uh, Buck, if you want to talk about what Baltimore needs to do in order to get over on the Ravens this Sunday. Buck? Yeah. Go
2: ahead. Uh, as far as the Ravens, uh, they look kind of they look kind of weak last. I mean, they don't have the, the type of receivers they used to have. You know, Torrey Smith's gone, bolden has gone, and now you're having to rely on just Flacco. And you know, got the main one, Steve
3: I, Smith's gone. Well, Steve Smith's there, you know, Steve Smith's there, but Flacco's wacko. we we, we know that. I know he's things some. Oh wait, yeah, Steve Smith now. is there. I'm sorry, thinking about somebody yeah, else. Yeah, Torrey Smith's gone,
2: but um, yeah.
3: Anyway. I mean,
2: they—they they really, I mean, I know they were playing the Broncos, but the Broncos didn't look that good either. Um, I, I don't know if we can get by them or not. I mean, they—you know—they got some very bad. You know, you know they had some key losses this year. You know, as far as defense go, Alonzo Nata's not there, so that's your big run stopper. He's gone. He's in Detroit, and then you lose Terrell Suggs, who's—you know. One of the best pass rushers of, the, of this particular era, and you know they got some question marks. They did sign Justin Badden, Jason ba- Baden, whatever the yeah.
3: name is. He to be a decent pass rusher.
2: Yeah, you know he's pretty decent. So I mean, that was a good that was a good signing. But I just don't you know it's just a short week for them, and I don't know if that's going to be enough time for him to you know get in there and learn the playbook and things of that nature. Maybe a couple of weeks, maybe next week when they play us, but. You know, I just don't know.
3: The Raiders, I I see them losing this game and going 0-2, to be
2: honest with you.
3: Hmm. Ray, uh, Ray, what's the key to victory for your Raiders?
2: Uh, The key to victory is everybody just has to come to play. Our quarterback has to show up. And, you know, our whole offense has to show up. Our defense is banged up, but, you know, they don't necessarily have great wide receivers except, you know, Steve Smith Sr., but basically it comes down to our offense. Can we execute? Can we get on the scoreboard? And can we play ahead to stay ahead?
3: Okay. And uh, I think it's going to be somewhat of a challenge. Uh, Now, last week, you all have problems with the tight ends. Tyler Eifert had nine catches, 104 yards, and two touchdowns against you all. Um, I don't know if they've announced if Carr is going to play. I think he's questionable uh, to play. Um, Amari,
2: Cooper
3: needs, okay. Amari Cooper needs some more um, opportunities, but you're going to be without Charles Woodson, who has a shoulder injury, and he's going to be out. Um, I don't think there's a timetable on his return, to my knowledge. Uh, you lost your free safety, Nate Allen, as well. So uh, you definitely have to try to get some pressure on Flacco to protect the decimated backfield defensive backfield. But uh, I think it's going to be a pretty good game. I like the fact that it's an afternoon, a late afternoon game. Uh, so we'll see if the Raiders can hold serve at home and see what happens there. All right, Dr. Willis, you still with us? I'm <laughs> your Patriots one and 0, travel to Buffalo one and 0. and this is uh I'm pretty excited about this game, but you know, for you know, it'd be just the second week of football. Uh, it's a one PM start. I don't see a line on it. It says it's gonna be about sixty six degrees, probably cloudy. The last time they played, Buffalo got over seventeen to nine in New England. So uh right now Buffalo's kinda, you know, kinda riding high after one week. And uh, what's the key to victory for the Patriots to be able to handle this Bills defense, which looks like it can be one of those special defense that we're talking about years from now?
2: I'll be honest with you, as long as Brady is on the field, I'm, I'm not really too much worried. And yeah, I may be drinking Kool Aid if I'm going to drink it. Uh, I'm not worried about any defense he go up against, all right? Because um, we got some very capable receivers. And, of course, like I said, you know when Brady's on the field, I mean, he can make the damn ball boy look like a damn A one receiver. So I'm not I'm not I'm not concerned with that. I'm worried about defense. I'm worried about our defense, man. We got some um we got some you know big names on defense and stuff like that, but they just they haven't put to me they haven't put it together yet. And uh we almost uh in the end in doing garbage time we almost let the damn game slip away from us because of defense. Mm-hmm. So that that scares me the most is, is our defense. We got to, we got to find some kind of way that we got some um, you know inexperienced linemen out there. We got uh you know we got got our safeties our need to step it up. I mean they you know they they've been playing for a couple of seasons now, so they got to step it up. Uh, I'm just, I'm just concerned about our defense. That that to me that's the only area concern that I see. Okay, all
3: right. And uh Daddy Rich, that Bills defense, man, can they stop uh the machine known as the New England Patriots?
1: Man, I think they can. And I think it's going to be tough uh on Brady. Uh but, you know, Brady is Brady, man. And I I hope he does his thing because I got him in the fantasy league, so. <laughs> <You
0: know. laughs>
1: That's another thing, but I think the Bills are, are gonna give him some problems, man. I think it's gonna to be tough on him. I told you
3: those Bills they're tough this year. They're and tough. man, their defense is something else and um I mean I'll they held them, they held Andrew Luck, who everyone has as the MVP including myself, to two hundred and forty three yards passing and uh Frank Gore had thirty one yards rushing. I mean they just you know, did what they had to do, and they were efficient on their end and got over 27 to 14 on the Colts. So we'll see what happens. But um, I look forward to this game, man, to see how Bill Belichick approaches this and see what the mad scientist has in store for Crazy Rex. They'll cheat, they'll cheat some kind of way. I don't
2: to bust the head, <laughs> if they do man, yeah. like they did last Sunday, they going to bust the Patriots' head Sunday.
3: If the That's Bills it. beat the Patriots uh, Sunday, man, man, all of a sudden you got a very interesting AFC East.
2: Yeah. Uh, the Wayland guys coming off their football. They for real. It's, it's still the Patriots to lose. It's the Sorry. Patriots' uh, division to lose. I'm not worried about it. I think I think we got the Bills.
3: Okay. All right. And um, tomorrow night, we have Denver 1-0 and traveling to Arrowhead Stadium to take on the 1-0 and Chiefs. The Chiefs also have a pretty decent defense, you know. Uh, their front seven is pretty good, 8 p.m. Eastern start time, 89 degrees. The Chiefs are minus three. Uh, the Chiefs took care of the Texans last week, even though they tried to let the Texans get back in it. But it was 27-20. to 20. Alex Smith was efficient. He doesn't put up big numbers, but he's usually pretty effective. Jamal Charles didn't do much, 16 carries, 57 yards. But Travis Kelsey, six receptions, um, 106 yards, and two touchdowns at the tight end spot has uh, really made the difference. Now, on the other side, Peyton Manning looked abysmal. Uh, Ronnie Hillman led the team in rushing, so I don't know where, what's-his-face was, C.J. Anderson, what happened to him. Uh, but let's talk about Denver. Uh, I mean, Peyton Manning—did he just have a bad game Sunday, or is he just going to be putting up these pedestrian-like numbers now because he's in the game? He stayed in the game too long.
2: Well, I, I think the fact that you know he's trying to learn a, yet another new offense, and you know he doesn't have the—I guess the the say so in how the offense is going to be played. Um, mainly because I think, you know, he. I think Kubiak was hired to kind of preserve his career, maybe try to hold him a little bit longer than necessary, trying to, you know, get that last rock. Well, I mean, I just don't think he has the, the tools, you know, they don't have the players around him that they they once had. So, you know, they quarterback right now. Um, it's still early in the season, but, you know, Kubiak's defense is a little bit on the complex side, even for the Young Bucks. So, I don't know if are you know, still out, you know, but, you know, you're going up against a Kansas City team that could probably win in Arrowhead or any damn way else that they play. So, they got a great defense, they got good pass rushers, and now, you know, now you got some guys that can catch touchdowns as far as wide receivers go, and you got a good running game. If Denver gets started slow, they're gonna lose this game. Get home, and Kansas City get you know has the potential of being able All right, to right this, score this in
0: Kansas
2: City. Oh, it's in Kansas City. They're in yeah. trouble. They're in deep trouble. So, <laughs> I mean, my, Kansas City could come out of here and they might just blow these boys out. You know, long they don't turn, the, uh, Kansas City don't turn the football over, and they get those long mm-hmm. sustained drives. You know, they need you know in order to beat Denver Broncos, you can keep him on the sidelines by getting those 15, you know, 12 to 15 yard, you know, 12 to 15 play drives on the sidelines, and then when you get them out there, three, you know, three and out, Kansas City can win this game
3: easily as long as it's done like that. Okay. And uh, it looks like C.J. Um, C. Anderson hurt his toe last week, so maybe that's why he wasn't in the game all that much. Uh, they will get back Derek Wolf. I'm sorry, not Derek Wolf, T.J. Ward who was suspended for one game for violating the conduct policy. Um but he will return and um against the Chiefs. And Ray, what do the Chiefs need to do to um you know, make Peyton in one and one?
2: Well Rick got on just uh play defense the way he played the way he do it. I mean I think that um Denver doesn't have the the potency that they once had. And I think that um, basically I, I, I think the Broncos is kind of screwing over Manning a little bit because I think they realize that they made a mistake. And the best way to cover for the mistake is to bring somebody else in and change the offense and everything else. Because Peyton Manning has run his own offense ever since he's been in the league, basically. And for you to change it around, ask the man to take a pay cut, that's a smooth way of not cutting them. You know, who asks a guy that throws a 4,700 yards and 39 touchdowns to take a pay cut? You know what I mean? But he doesn't look good in this offense. I don't know if it's the first game of the season or, or what, but, you know, I just see the ball wobbling more than it has in the past. And... I think Alex Smith, uh, Jeremy Macklin, get tight end, it's going to be too much for General Bronco tomorrow. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But And then my man Justin Houston, too, I think he's going to be on Manning about three times tomorrow. Hmm.
3: So I look forward to it. It's a good Thursday night matchup. Uh, I still don't really care for the Thursday night games. I'd rather they do that after Thanksgiving. But, hey, if you're going to have matchups like this, I'll go ahead and tolerate it. This early in the year. I'll get used to it at some point. All right, the last one I want to discuss is also in the AFC East, which is becoming one of the most interesting divisions this year. The 1-0 New York Jets travel to Lucas Oil Stadium to battle the 0-1 Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are a minus 7 for this game. 8 o'clock start time. This is a Monday night game. The last time they played, the Jets beat the Colts in 2012 35-9. Um, but So it's been a while since they've played. But when we look at how the Jets played in the last game, I mean, they beat the Browns 31-10. Uh, they had a great defensive performance. They uh, got some efficiency out of Ryan Fitzpatrick. He wasn't very good, but he was okay. Uh, Chris Ivory came through with 20 rushes for 91 yards and two touchdowns. And, Daddy Rich, is that the, the I guess, the game plan to take out the Colts? Ground it out on the ground, try to pick up first downs whenever you have to pass, you know, just enough to get the first downs, and just move the chains and keep Indy off the field.
1: That may work, but then you got to huh. rely on that defense to make sure that uh... – they keep that 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 guy in check, man. But it's gonna be hard. Lux, Lux, uh, he's pissed off. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. So that's gonna be a tough task for them. I mean, going in there like that, that's gonna be a tough task. Um, but maybe their defense can hold. I don't know that 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 game. I think is gonna go end up going to. Uh, I think in Indianapolis. I just think Indianapolis is going to take that, man. I think Andrew Luck is pissed off, man. He you know, he's one of those guys that that thought about what happened to him the last game, and that that's not going to happen this time, man. I I think the Jets are in for it.
3: Okay. And Buck, what do you think about the um chances of the the uh Colts and what they need to do to get back into the um, winner circle? Uh oh bucks drop. All right, Ray, I'll throw that question to you. What do you think of the chances of the Colts? Um and what they what do they need to do to get back in the winner's circle?
2: Oh man, you know, such high hopes of these guys since the season started, but they didn't look good at all Sunday. I mean the Bills just looked great, but at the same time, you know, they didn't look good either. So with T Y Hilton is all uh, questionable. Range. You know, going up against that Jets defense, I don't think as much as they can do. I think they're going to get stopped this Sunday just like they did last Sunday. I, mm. I'm picking a hit pick from that one until I see Indianapolis show me something because I saw a lot of potential with, you know, Frank Boyd coming over and Andre Johnson and, you know, they got Philip Dorsett in the draft and they got Moncrief, uh, that wide receiver. They got a lot of weapons over there. But against guess a good defense just can't do too much. And I don't think they're going to be able to do too much on Sunday. So, I'm thinking the Jets. Okay.
3: All right. Um, I think it will be a pretty big upset if the Jets, well, I, from a preseason standpoint, it will be a pretty big upset if the Jets pull this off. Um, I definitely think they're capable. I mean, can they do it? I don't know. I mean, we'll find out. Uh, but I just think that the Jets are in a good good place right now. If they can go 2-0, they'll gain a lot of respect if they knock off the, the Colts. They'll gain a lot of respect. All right, I want to talk about some college football before we shut some things down. We have some top 25 matchups this week. Number 19, BYU and number 10 UCLA will play um in Los Angeles. Both teams are 2 and 0. Both teams have um freshman quarterbacks, so that's going to be kind of interesting to see the freshman quarterbacks and see if um uh, what happens there. Now, Georgia Tech number 14 goes to number 8 Notre Dame. Both of them are are 2 and 0. Um I don't know if you all saw the game last week or at least the highlights. Notre Dame came very close to losing last week. Um
4: Against
3: oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I can't think of who they were playing off the top of my head. But,
4: Virginia. Uh,
3: okay, yeah, Virginia. And uh, they had to kind of get back in it, but they were able to hold off and win. Georgia Tech brings that option that they run, man, like clockwork. And so, I mean, Ray, do you, do you think Georgia Tech can go up there to South Bend and pull off the upset? Uh, I haven't watched
2: Georgia Tech yet this year. I can't see, but I know that that Brian Kelly gonna have them guys ready, and I think this, this freshman quarterback is is better than Zaire. So we, we 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 shall see. I think uh you know Notre Dame gonna come with that defense, and they got a good solid running back, and they got a, a quarterback who can who can throw the football. So they should be able to pull out the victory.
3: All right, and Buck, Auburn, at number 18, goes up against uh, number 13, LSU, in Baton Rouge. Okay, Auburn also did not look good last week. That's why they tumbled in the the polls. Uh, They struggled to win a game um, against an inferior team. Um, So, Buck, does Auburn have a chance to go to LSU and get the victory over the Fighting Tigers? I'm sorry, that Buck, Daddy Rich, Buck dropped off. Daddy Rich, I'm sorry, that meant for you. Auburn, does Auburn have a chance to go to LSU and get the victory? Yeah, Rich? Okay. Yeah. I
1: don't, I don't know, man. You know, LSU, I think, has got a pretty tough team. They had a tough game last week, and they prevailed. Um uh, I don't think so, man. I think Auburn may have some questions. They may have some situations. I don't know what's going on there. but Or maybe the team they played. Who was it they played last week?
3: Auburn?
0: Jacksonville State.
3: Yeah, Jacksonville State. Mm, mm,
0: mm.
3: <laughs> wow. Uh,
1: no. They, I, to me right now, no. I don't see it happening. I, I think... I don't know, man. I don't think so. I, I think it's going to be a bad whooping. It's going to be a bad one. Hmm. I think LSU going to do it.
3: Ray, you think, you know, LSU played halfway decent against Mississippi State last week. They fell asleep towards the end of the game. Um, but can um, Auburn can beat LSU? I mean, I think they can, but I
2: don't believe they will. I mean, maybe they just had a bad game last week because they were looking ahead at, to
3: LSU. But at the mm-hmm. same
2: time, you
3: know, LSU, the
2: LSU pull that out against Mississippi State.
3: Yeah, they won. Uh, Mississippi State missed the field goal at the at the buzzer.
2: Okay. Yeah, I think LSU um, should be able to uh, to beat Auburn at home. They have uh, Walter Peterson down there all well, minute four sets, so it's be to do Man. Something.
3: That dude last week, man, that dog on um, Leonard was running that rock, man. He looked like Herschel or something, man. He just like a, a man amongst boys. Yeah. That's it. That's so, Walter Peterson. He had a ton of carries after the uh I mean a ton of yards after contact. Uh, so he 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 really looked good. All right, and the last one I want to discuss Ole Miss 2 0 at number 15 travels to Tuscaloosa to take on the 2 0 Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, Ole Miss got over last time. Their defense is still good, and, and Chad Kelly looks really good at quarterback. You know, Ole Miss has scored 70 something points in two straight games, but you got to consider who they were playing. Does Ole Miss have
1: a chance against Alabama, Daddy Rich? Yes, of course, of course. It's going to be a good game. That's a rivalry somewhat uh, because of where they're at. But I think that uh, Ole Miss will give them a good run. Uh, where Where is it at this year?
3: Tuscaloosa.
0: Ooh.
1: That's going to be tough for uh, Ole Miss, but I, I think that I, I think that you Ole Miss.
0: Can I can do game. I, I don't
1: think Alabama is as prom as, 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 as it used to be. So I think that this is a a good chance for them, for Ole Miss. It's going to be a good game, a really good game.
3: Oh yeah, I think it's definitely going to be a good game. Uh, I just think that Alabama, you know, until someone in the SEC just really consistently beats them, I just expect them to win every SEC game. And, Ray, do you feel the same? Do you think until someone consistently can beat Alabama that people are always going to pick them to win these SEC matchups? I mean,
2: Alabama's done more than everybody else. So, yeah, I mean, you have to. But I think uh old is going to beat Alabama in Alabama. And, mm. you know, that that's what it is. The best team I've seen this year in the SEC is Ole Miss. So I think Ole Miss is going to beat them. They got the defense and they got the offense. So I think they can do it. Okay. So we know Alabama put a tough product on the field, but I think they're going to be beating the Team score 70 points or whatever in two straight weeks. They're not going to be slowed down that much. You know, we understand the level of competition, but they might slow them down a little bit, but they may win a 47-37 30, game or whatever it is. But I think old oh, Mister will win the game. Okay.
3: All right. Well, we'll go ahead and get ready to wrap things up, do a little Who Am I. Um, I'm going through trying to find some some good ones. I'm going to start out with an with a old school one on you all to start off. All right, who am I? I am a six foot two, two hundred and fifteen pound quarterback, born September seventeenth, nineteen twenty seven. Uh, I guess I must have gave me the seventeenth. I guess it's after midnight on the East Coast, nineteen twenty seven, drafted in the twelfth round in nineteen forty nine by the Chicago Bears. Think about some old famous Chicago Bears. That's the only way you can probably get this one. And this dude played for um, God, how many years this guy played for? This guy played for let's see, 20, 27 years. He played until he was 48 because he also was a kicker.
2: Oh, uh Yeah, free yeah, uh last name start with a B oh, yep. or or he's – um Oh man, I forget what his
3: name is now. Uh, Daddy Rich,
2: you don't have a guess? I'm reviewing. <laughs> Blander, something like that.
3: That's it. Oh, um, yeah. George Frederick Blander. Okay. Yeah. And And uh, dude, in 1962, that dude threw 42 interceptions. <laughs> mm-hmm. Golly. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever seen that many interceptions before. That has to be a record. 42? Now he threw for 27 yeah. touchdowns, but he slung 42 interceptions. So he was throwing mm-hmm. the ball a lot, though. No, this dude threw the ball 505 times in 1964 with the Houston Oilers. So all they were doing was throwing. That's like, I guess that was in the AFL. Is, is he okay. in the hall?
7: He's in the hall.
3: 1981, they put him in the hall. Mm-hmm.
7: For,
1: so
3: crap, just like crap like that. Crap
1: like that. interceptions. I, Come
3: on now. I don't know. Um, he finished uh, 236 touchdowns and 277 interceptions. But I don't know if he made it as a kicker or a quarterback. But shoot, as a kicker, oh, he was only 50. Oh, he was oh, only 50. Oh, 50. Yeah, there are
2: no kickers in the Hall of Fame to my
3: not. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, I can say he was only yeah, 50. Yeah,
1: 50. Guys in. But he's not a place kicker, but Ray Guy's in. Yeah,
3: yeah, Ray yeah, guy yeah was he just the first got
2: in. It, but he just got in. There
3: should be a lot of kickers in there. There really should yeah, be more than that. A lot of, lot should of, be in, lot
2: there. of balls in there. A lot
3: Gary of balls. Anderson. I'm going to have to research that, though.
2: No, nah, I know Ray Guy's the only guy in there. So, all
3: right. So, let's see. The next guy... He, oh, this is one I, that I know. I don't know if you all know it, but I know it. Five foot 168-pound wide receiver, turned 54 years old, drafted out of Michigan by the Miami Dolphins in the 12th round of 1983. Although he never played for Miami, he played at Minnesota and won number 81. Oh, man, you knocked that one down. I thought that one was going to be challenging. George Glander yeah, did go in kicker, and Lou Garza. Lou Garza. Okay, Lou Garza was also a quarterback, though, too, wasn't he? They both went as kickers. Well, I know so they both played. A
2: okay.
3: But uh, he wasn't a good kicker. Like I said, he was 52%. Um, but, yeah, Anthony Carter, man, that's a good guess, Um uh, he had three seasons over a thousand yards. His best season, twelve hundred yards, seventy-two catches in nineteen eighty-eight, six touchdowns. Uh, in nineteen eighty-seven, yeah, he he averaged twenty-four he, he, catches. So he was, he was good. In before
2: Desmond Howard,
3: he was man. He was um, when I first really started getting into Michigan. Uh, I remember him. He was wearing that number one jersey. You know, that number one jersey meant you were special yeah. at receiver if you wore it. Yeah. And two of my favorite uh, receivers back then was um Anthony Carter in Michigan. And I don't know if you remember Percy Tuttle at Clemson. He wore number two. But Percy I don't think Percy Tuttle, wow. I don't think Percy Tuttle ever went um did it went pro or anything, but I remember him being on the cover of Sports Illustrated one time wearing that number two what jersey. He, he was he
2: was number twelve in the first round or teaching in the
3: twelfth round. Taking in the twelfth round, I think is what I read. Let me go back and take a look. No,
2: no, he's more had to go before it. Uh, it
3: says it said the number the three hundred and thirty
2: fourth pick overall. Dang. Wow. I don't know what took
3: so long. I, I
2: would have thought he was yeah, I thought he would up for the highest and everything. also the
1: there's three pickers.
3: Jan Cinnaro.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yep. Okay. And um, all right. And uh, this is another uh, one that's personal for me. This guy's a five foot eleven, one hundred and ninety pound defensive back. He turns forty four years old today. Drafted out of Mississippi Valley State by the Indianapolis Colts in the second round of nineteen ninety two. Who am I?
2: Defensive back. Yeah, played
3: thir- played thirteen years. Had a got a pretty good career. Played with Indianapolis. What was he with he Cincinnati. Drafted? Huh? When year was he drafted? 1992. 92. He played with Indy. Uh, he he had a really good career with Cincinnati. He had his best year with Cincinnati with eight interceptions, made the Pro Bowl. He played with the Saints for one year, well, for three years, and he played with the Falcons for three years. And I think he's uh, uh-huh. a the Falcons now. Actually, I fir- uh, made first-team All-Pro one year.
0: Who
2: was the quarterback who was pretty good for any no. <laughs> or number
0: 33.
3: Anybody got it? Daddy Rich, you don't have a guess?
1: No. I'm, I'm still I'm thinking, man.
3: All right. His name was Ashley Avery Ambrose. Gotta remember oh, Ashley yes. Ambrose. Golly.
2: <laughs> Yeah, only
3: played for Atlanta though, did Yeah, he did. I said he Atlanta played for, three for years. For Indianapolis first. Yeah. Oh. Okay. He played four years yeah. in Indy, and he had his—he had a really good—he um, did really well in Cincinnati. He finished with uh, forty-two career interceptions. But uh, yeah, Ashley Ambrose. I just—I um, went to college with him. Really quiet guy. Really cool guy. All right, got two more. I'm a six foot three, two 220-pound defensive back, but I really play linebacker who turns uh, 33 years old today, drafted in the second round um, by the Seattle Seahawks in 2004 out of Florida State.
0: Oh, yeah. He's a Yeah, I guess he really to... plays
3: safety. I guess he plays safety for the most yeah, part. Yeah. I mean, he was kind of...
0: World sure.
3: World. Michael Bowe, no. brother of Peter. No. All right.
2: You say you played. Oh, you say you for the Seattle Seahawks. uh yeah, he played two years with the Seahawks,
3: uh, and I think two years with because... the Raiders. Now you think about Peter Bowe. Oh, oh is okay. His yeah,
2: yeah, okay, yeah, all
3: right. yeah, you're right. Yeah. All right, last one: a six foot one, two hundred seventeen pound. Left-handed quarterback who was drafted in the fifth round by the Green Bay Packers in 1993 out of Washington. He's 44 years old today. He only stayed in Green Bay for one year.
2: He was drafted out of Washington. Oh, Bobby Holbert or whatever his
3: name,
2: Brock Holbert. Nope. Gilbert. Nope. Nope.
3: Hillard. He's most famously known for his nine seasons in Jacksonville.
2: Oh, uh, Mark Brunel.
3: Yep. Mark Allen Brunel threw for 4,300 yards in 1996 and led the league. His best year in touchdowns, he threw for 23 touchdowns in 2005 when he was with the Redskins. All right. That's going to do it, fellas. Got anything before I shut this
6: down?
2: Um, they just released a uh, nominee for 2016. I know they didn't get all the finalists now, but it's gonna be real interesting.
3: I saw um, T.O., and who else was up there that was first ballot?
2: Uh, was it,
3: it Bob?
2: Okay. Uh, uh, who else was? First ballot. I think Terrell Davis is first ballot.
3: Okay. And um, so mm-hmm. yeah, we'll we'll see how all that shakes that shakes down. Because uh, someone's gonna get left out. <laughs> Someone who's yeah. deserving is gonna get left. out. I think for sure is gonna get,
2: get left out. these in. Yep, that's what I think. <laughs>
3: You know, yeah. But he's
2: shooting because he's the second leading receiver yeah. of all time. T.O. should yeah. walk into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. He should the uh, Hall of Fame. It's a lot wow. of bums in there, fellas. I'll keep saying that. They need to, to, to stop all that. You know what the guy said tonight? The guy say, well, you got to consider the error and all this and that. How the hell are you going to let the Joker this throwing the touchdown in? But they ain't letting the guy to catch him get in, in this era. That's bullshit. Well, you know, yeah, I mean, you
0: Mar- the fact Marvin
3: Harrison's yeah. not in is ridiculous.
2: Oh, it, it's, a, it's a passing era. But
3: them guys say, well, Brent's going to walk in,
2: which he very well should walk in. Walk, how do you, the ball. How, how, so how can you let guys in in the passing era that a quarterback should not let the wide receiver who caught the ball in? Do
1: then
3: you think, it's a Robert- passing
2: era. Huh?
3: I was going to say, do you think wide receivers have it tougher than any other position? I mean, kicker notwithstanding?
2: No, they screwing over them guys. They let these bombs in for back in the day. You know, the guys caught 100 passes. They let these guys in. You know what he I been, mean? And, and on, no, on no film, whether you Steve Wonder or you a guy that's got the best <laughs> business in the world, you can see that those guys can't outplay the guys today. But, you know, it's all about preserving. You know, just like Ruth is the greatest baseball player. It's all about preserving. Ain't no way in hell that got the best baseball player. But that's what you see it, you know what I'm saying? And it, 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 the Hall of Fame shouldn't be like that. Marvin Harrison them not need to be in there. No question. You know? And Darren Sharper got in all this trouble, but he used to be in there thinking what, thinking something in the He used to be in there Did this year, next year. But, you know, it's it's just it's just crazy. And me, no disrespect to the older guys, but they just wasn't great. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, we need to take a look at this as sports, as guys who love sports. A lot of people don't like to go there, but you got to go there. It's like when you look at boxing. You got guys with 180 fights. That's bullshit. Who the hell was you fighting? Your body can't hold up under all that if it was a real fight. But they they in there. You know what I'm saying? And it, it's just crazy. were
1: so, yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, the best of their time and their era, so we can't take away <laughs> from that. And they see yeah. because records are broken and athletes get better, we can't look back and say that those guys aren't worthy of the Hall of Fame because they didn't do the same as these guys yeah. at their position. They did yeah. better at the, at, than the other guys yeah. of their era, so they deserve okay. it. And we well, have to look at it. And put the, some guys
2: the, in here of guys who really did it. You know what I'm saying? Now, you take a guy way back 45 years ago, if he had 300 catches and that was good during his time or whatever it was, okay, we get that. But at the same time, if a guy is, is catching everything, is twice as strong, twice as fast, twice as everything, why should you keep that guy out? Like Marvin Harrison, you third or fourth or whatever in every category. Kill why somebody. Keep you out? Yeah, they killed yeah, somebody. They, they couldn't prove it. <laughs>
0: if, had, had O.J.
1: Simpson killed his wife before the situation before he got in the hall he would not have got in that's just I mean, I mean we know this if you
0: have, him, if if you have had
1: luggage you're not going
2: O.J. was not convicted of murder
1: So, but, he still, but we're not talking about us we're talking about them and when they look at it they look at it as if well you know it's, this is the way Well, he 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 did this, you know, back in the day. They're not going to let
2: him okay. in anymore. So,
1: nobody so matter much
0: sure we hear now. talk
1: about it, that's the way it is. And so
2: it ain't going to change. The best wide receiver besides Jerry Wright during his time, he was in the league. Who? So why he ain't in there? Who? Buckets knew me, and they ain't played for seven years and all that. You know, they ain't going to compare him to Ray Lewis that played 17 to 18 years. That's a fucking joke. But... He in there, but of his yeah, I mean, era, he probably
1: was the best. And that you can't, yeah. you know. And people say, "Well, I, this dude's
2: better than him," but he played in his era; and he was better than those people. But, so you can't but, take but that you, away from him. But, but when and you, when we when pass, talk about there's going to be great. That are better than the ones we think are the great. They're
0: going to yeah, be we,
2: that are astronomical.
1: So what do we say? Those guys aren't worthy. The guys like say
2: he's. I didn't say he shouldn't be in there. I didn't call these brothers a problem now. Only thing I'm saying is when you talk about all-time great, when people start talking about, well, who's the best? they like Jim Brown, no disrespect, but any film you look on, he ain't better than Adrian Peterson. But, oh, he was the oh, he was the best. Well, without a doubt, he was the best. They're like Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice agrees all time. Better athletes than Jerry Rice, but Jerry Rice is the best receiver we've ever seen. You understand? That that's what I'm saying. When a guy look around and then like this they say Jerry Rice the best. I look at Callum Johnson, he's a better athlete. I look at all these guys as better athletes, but they're not a better receiver than Jerry Rice. So we can still go there. He's the all time great. But you talk about a guy that's a great and he fred for to call for somebody, come on man, you gotta be kidding. And I saying you was not good in your era. You was good in your era. But we talking about all time great. No, can't be. And, and I don't
3: know. I, I don't. I don't like to compare like apples to oranges, uh, like some people do now, because I would never say that. Uh, I, I would never want to make a comparison from for Jim Brown to Adrian Peterson. Because, uh, like you say, it's two Why different not? eras. And Why not? Well, because, you
2: talk about who is the greatest?
3: Because I don't think you can because of the level of. Uh, Competition. I mean, one, the rules are different. Mm -hmm. The the players are different. I mean, if you put Adrian Adrian Peterson back in the '60s, you know he's a yeah, he's a three thousand yard rusher because he's conditioned to going up against bigger guys. He didn't have Jim Brown had guys that were 185 pounds playing guard blocking for him. You know, so things were just completely different, and um. yeah, so I don't – it's difficult to compare errors. It's fun, but it's difficult to compare errors. And
2: then, any... then we want to talk about superstar numbers like they do today because we want to knock these receivers down. Although they push the quarterbacks up, Drew Brees and Tom Bray and Manning and all them, they they steady going to the Hall of Fame first ballot with a bullet, which they very well should be. But you can't take it away from the wide receivers that call the ball, you know. Just like I know this is going off the topic, but you know, Jack Johnson, them fought 20 round fights and all that. Come on, man. If you fought 20 round fights, 100 and something fights, you went hell or you went hold up today. So, how are you going to hold up then? So, certain things you got to kind of look at. I don't
3: know. I, or, think, I think if someone fought 20 rounds and they didn't have boxing gloves, I look at them as being tougher than today's fighters.
2: No, but some things are impossible, brother. If you if you fighting quality competition, it's impossible. That's like nah, you take a guy like Mayweather and you fight four guys on one night. He's not gonna hold up.
3: I mean, if he's fighting you know four. I mean? I mean, yeah, if he's fighting four guys, he's not. But I mean, Jack Johnson fought. I mean, just because they fought long rounds, I mean, they both they weren't both quality fighters. I mean, if you just put if you were to put Mike Tyson and Larry Holmes and their prime in the ring, and just let them fight until one of them got knocked out. They could have gone longer than fifteen rounds. I mean, you just did whatever the rules allowed you to do. Yeah, but uh, you
2: fight every every month. Your body can't hold up under that.
3: Man, they did. That's why I think they makes them. I think it makes them. I mean, there were no there were no type of safety regulations back then. You know, guys. Only
2: only only one conclusion: they were fighting sparring partners.
3: No, I disagree with that. I disagree with that. I think the
2: um, – Okay, you now you're dating you 150 fights.
3: I think when you look at, uh, the the like, what some of the historians say, I mean, you have to kind of take it for what it's worth. But, like, when I, I met Burt Sugar, and we were talking about older fighters and everything, because Burt Sugar says he thinks one of the most competitive eras of boxing was in the um, – between the 40s and the 60s. And he's yeah, he gonna
2: see that because he's talking at Rocky Mariano, so you know, yeah, he won't see that.
3: So, but I mean, you know, and plus, he was he probably actually saw some of it too. But, um, I don't think we can yeah. discredit it just because we didn't see it or just because you know it happened in a different era. Because, I mean, can a hey, guy
2: well, fight 150
3: fights now? Uh, probably not, but one, you know. Would the Boxing Commission allow it to happen? I mean, these guys now don't even fight 15 rounds. You know, they fight yeah. 12 rounds because they scare somebody going to get hurt. And then, you know, people are oh. bigger and stronger these days.
2: Oh,
0: they um, hit now.
3: Yeah, guys back then had second jobs. Um, so mm-hmm. I just think there's a lot different now, but I don't think it has anything to do with the level of competition or anything. Because like I said, if a guy fought 20 rounds with no gloves, I think he's much tougher That's somebody who fights twelve rounds with gloves. You ain't
7: fight
0: nobody.
3: What's the difference? So I mean, we can't say you weren't fight nobody. We don't know. Like, blood gonna be coming out everywhere if you ain't got no gloves on. So I mean, that's today because these guys um, work out. You know, three sixty five. That's their job. They they box for a living. I mean, back then boxing was. You know, I mean, like I say, a lot of those guys who weren't necessarily. Champions had other jobs, just like in football. A lot of those guys in the 60s and even the 70s had jobs in the offseason. These guys now, their only job is to not get fat. They they work out 24-7. Mm-hmm. That's why we have better athletes now because they don't have to work to support their families like the guys did back in the 70s. In the 70s, you won mm-hmm. a Super Bowl. 1979, you won a Super Bowl, you got $35,000. You know, and that was a very nice yes, payday. That's, but that's not to Right, but when you look at what people get now, you know, just per game, I mean, it's no comparison. So, um, you know, things are a little different. That's why I say it's difficult to compare eras, but when you compare people to who they were going up against back then, you know, yeah, is it on the level of competition today? No, but back then, I mean, just like um, Sugar Ray Leonard, as as great of a fighter as he is, if he fought today, he wouldn't have the same record. You know? No. Because guys today, and even though the guys today may not be as skilled or as talented, just the physical ability might be too much for him to overcome. It doesn't mean he wasn't a great fighter. It don't mean he didn't fight anybody. I mean, he fought, you know, a lot of great fighters in the Hagler and Hearns, but today is just different. You know?
2: You
3: know, B.O. So, Russell average twenty-two rebounds his whole career and all that. Okay, who right. you rebounding on? You rebounding not against a bunch of seven-footers, you know? No,
2: six-foot-eight, hundred eighty-five pounds. until so, Watch the film.
3: Right. It you see it. And then, you know. I pulled back to an eighth-grade class. Someone had twenty rebounds too. But by the same token, there were other seven-footers who didn't average twenty-two rebounds a game you know, yeah. so I mean, so he was the best of these, you know, seven footers when it yeah. came to rebounding, and that's all he, you yeah. he can give him credit for. You're like yeah. Roy Jones, you know, he didn't have a lot of people to fight, but we can't take away from how good he was, because he he whooped the people that put in front of him. That do not yeah. mean he won not great, great fight.
2: Yeah, he was a great fighter, but that soon stopped. When he met that competition, and I mean, he went uh, over. He got old. He was, he was, he
3: was old he man. Was, yeah, he no. relied on his physical When He skills. got knocked
2: <laughs> out. What was he, 34, 35?
3: I don't know, but like I said, when he lost his speed, that was it, because he was more speed than he was skill. But, uh, but. He
2: wasn't almost 39, he still kick. Yeah, Mayweather well
3: fixed man. his fights. He fixed, fixed his fights very carefully, too. Yeah. So we know he ain't gonna pick nobody
2: that he can't whoop. Yeah, but he uh, but he fought on the on the high level still, even with picking fights and all that. He fought on the high level. Roy Jones just, you know, once he started fighting guys that was that were good fighters.
3: You know, we saw what it looked like. No, I think he always fought some. You know. I guess, the, some of the better fighters that he could fight. Um, I mean, he even went up a weight class to find somebody to fight. Um, to You know, even went up to heavyweight to find someone to fight. So I think Roy Jones fought some really good people. Uh, he just did what he had to do and just stayed in the game too long and wound up, you know, of course, <laughs> kind of getting messed up by Antonio Tarver. And then that's one of those situations where sometimes you got some people you just can't whoop.
2: Yeah, he in there too
3: long right now. So and he just couldn't whoop Antonio Tarver. Um I mean, uh, even, he just he didn't, didn't have nothing right on him. None of the three, I don't
2: think he won the fight.
3: So, the
1: first one but he I mean,
3: it. but yeah, I mean, but he lost to, you know, he lost to some some quality people, true enough. When he, you know, but like I said, he was. I don't know how old he was and um, when he lost to Bernard Hopkins. That was well that was just five years ago, so I mean how old is Roy Jones now? I don't even know how old he is now. Yeah, so he was 40, 40, 41. forty forty one. Yeah, he was forty one then. Um, what? 46? Yeah, Bernard was old too. But uh, um you know he beat he beat Jeff Lacy, who was pretty decent. Um, I've never been impressed by Omar Sheikah. Uh, he lost he lost to Joe Kazagi Zag- when he was thirty nine. He beat Felix Trinidad when he was thirty eight. Um when he lost hey to man, Tarver.
2: What 30 pounds lighter.
3: When he uh yeah, when he lost to Tarver he was um thirty six. That's when he lost to him the second time. Uh he lost oh, to Glenn Johnson. Now the fight what? The fight that Glenn Johnson—I didn't know—I did not know who Glenn Johnson was when he when he knocked him out. That was—he just took a nap in the rain The first time he was 34. That's okay no no, 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 no. I Let me mean, go back. Hold on. No, that was the second time. The first time he was was like uh, around 30, 32. When he fought him the first.
2: Time. Yeah, you weren't no old
3: man. No, nah, he wasn't super old or anything. But no. his skills, his skills. Well, I just think Tarver was just better than him. You know, that's just all that was to it. Tarver, whoop. You know, even though uh, you know he got over on Tarver the second fight, I just think Tarver was better than him. I mean, I mean, no, he, got, he got over. No, he got over him the first fight, and he lost the second fight.
2: Second and third.
3: And the third fight, yeah. He got a majority decision. He barely won the first fight. I
2: don't think he won. I think he just
3: gave it
2: to him. Yeah, I don't think he won that fight either. So. You know, I, uh, I I respect what guys did in the era, but when we talk about all-time great, you know, I just think they do guys getting in the Hall of Fame now dirty. You know what I mean? They want to say, oh, you know, it's a pass of the era. Okay, so guys like Edward James, he got almost uh, over 12,000 yards. Why can't he get in? He ran in the pass Yeah, If he ran in James Jim Brown, the nah, mirror, you going to have fifties. Nah, I
3: mean he he caught a lot of passes too.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. You can't take these great guys and don't let them in, and you let every bum that played back in the fifties and stuff in. You know, I got you guys to change the game. Guys that were considered the best at the time, you know, Jack Lambert, all the tough guys and all that. I had no problem with that. I'm talking about guys that you look at the resume and many threw with twice as many interceptions, touchdowns, and you know, because he was famous or he was a ladies man or something like that. You letting the guy in because he got some fancy nickname, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, good guys. I, I mean, Joe Montana
3: is. is is the greatest example. Uh, I mean, not Joe Montana. Joe Namath is, is the greatest example. Um, Joe Namath mm-hmm. absolutely does not belong in the Hall of Fame. Uh, mm-hmm. Not even he not loved, even from the one Super Bowl man. that he was. And mm-hmm. I don't. Well, I don't know enough about them, but I, I know that Joe Namath does not belong in the Hall of Fame anymore than Trent Dilfer does. Um, mm-hmm. So, as yeah. a matter of fact, Trent, Trent Dilfer was probably a better quarterback than Joe Namath, but yeah. you know he he got in because of his swagger,
7: essentially.
2: Sixty-five passer rating and stuff like that. How you get in there?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: They ain't got a nerve to come and try to criticize the new guys that's on the team. Yeah, and his a rating is thirty points higher than yours. <laughs> you know that's crazy.
3: Right. But, you know. but I, all right. Let me shut this thing down. But um, always right. good chopping it up, you fellas. And yeah, the Hall of Fame discussion, man, that can just go in so many different directions. But there are plenty of guys who don't belong, and plenty of guys who should already be in there. And there are a lot of receivers who are on the short end of the stick, um, even though the quarterbacks they caught the passes from are in the Hall. First
2: ballot.
3: So, yep. Alright everyone, well you've been listening to the Talk to Q radio show. Zone coverage. No experts, just opinions. Wanna thank you all for chiming in. Go to talktheq.com to get more information on the show and when upcoming shows are coming and what we're discussing. Ask to join the T2Q group and on Facebook and that way you can get a healthy top um healthy portion of the show throughout the day, seven days a week. We discuss many different topics. Everyone have a great night. Peace out.